She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. We got cows. It's like church you love Jane Austen. She's so safe. She's so white. Bam. Yep. Got you. Right. Got you, dummies. So wow. The Silver Bridge collapse. And that spawned the myth of the Mothman. Only if there are bat wings involved. <laughs> Books were a priority in the middle of war. Yeah. Like, that was magical to me. Yeah. I was enthralled was by that. I was like, too. in what world? I think it comes from my 11-year-old self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, the grown-up telling me what to do all the time tends to be Katie. <laughs> I feel similarly. I mean, you can't walk into a bookstore without tri- tripping over a stack of yeah, novels right. set in, in World War II. And still friends, guys! Still friends! <laughs> still friends! <laughs> still friends! After still spending friends. a whole... 72 hours together. We Was are it st- only 72 hours? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh my gosh. I feel like it I feel like that was such an intense amount of time in a week. But in it a was, weekend. But by the time everything settled Saturday, it was so natural for our two families just to like murk. And and nurse and nurse Katie. And nurse Katie also was wonderful. In case you're wondering what we're talking about, we are still riding the high of being at the Annapolis Book Festival. Oh, Uh, we love our friends over there. Oh my gosh, that was incredible. Our friends at the Key School, we love you guys. Oh yeah, the Key School campus is gorgeous. I mean, just really a cool school. Oh my gosh, it is beautiful and their history is fantastic. I'll put a link to the whole school yeah, down below. It's just spectacular. A pharmacist wanted from upstate New York wanted to build a farm in Maryland. Yeah. He left upstate New York to yeah. make a farm here in Maryland. I need it. I'm from upstate New York. Do you know what's up there a lot of? Farms. Farms. But do you know what we saw the whole drive from Virginia to you? Farms? Farms. Lots of cows. <laughs> and because I'm a proper Ohioan Midwesterner, every time we passed a cow, I said, cow. <laughs> because that's exactly what you do. Cow. And then I had to say, we got cows. Like from <laughs> Twister. Um, so, yeah. So, Annapolis Book Festival, it started, we learned a little history about the festival, too. Mm-hmm. So, it started 20 years ago. They celebrated their 20th anniversary Yes, this year. Um, it started 20 years ago uh, as a fundraiser for, like, yeah, the, for the basically for their PTA was trying to come up with a fundraiser. And um, the school has uh, people connected to it, parents and just other alumni and things like that who mm-hmm. are writers. Um, and so they kind of were like, hey, let's do this book festival. Let's give authors an yeah. opportunity to talk about different genres and different um, things that have to do with literature. And so it's pretty like, I would legit. say it's like, yeah, it's, it's legit. It, it's like being in an author's salon. Like, <laughs> it was so wild, you guys. It was so crazy. So, so wild. We got and- to go. I-, I don't know how we didn't know about the used book sale. That was like the one thing I wish I would have known about beforehand. Well, they they talked about it on Friday because we went to an yeah. author's event on Friday. So we got to like go to the fancy pants author events for all the We donors. are fancy pants now. People recognized us, Molly. We walked in and they were like, you guys are the book besties. Book besties. And we're like, what the fuck? How do people know us? <laughs> I, lo- I, I, lo- I, I couldn't talk at one point that night. Uh, yeah, I know. Guys. Uh, 
Somebody... Shout out to Jennifer's daughter and her roommate who are listening to us now. Um, yeah. Sup? Your mom had nothing but great things to tell us about you guys. Yeah, she was like, you guys are, she told us how you guys are book besties like Molly and I are. So if you ever want to come on, if we can make that happen. Or um, if you're super embarrassed by your mom, also come on. We yeah, understand that as well. <laughs> we, we, we feel that on a spiritual level. Um, so we on Friday night, we got to meet most of the authors that we interviewed. Addison Armstrong wasn't there because by day, Addison Armstrong is an elementary school teacher. <laughs> and by night, she is a superhero that writes brilliant fiction. So she lives in New York City. So she like just... Finished school on the train day and then like got on a train. I was like, "What is and her life? mom and her mom's best friend just popped down with her? It's no big what deal. is her life like? That's crazy to me. Oh, and um, she's going to school. Didn't she say she was going to school too at the same time? No, I think she has finished her master's degree. Okay, that's right. That's um, right. She had just finished. Yeah. So I, I mean, so. The author's event the night before, I got to meet Nicole Sodoma in person, who, if you haven't seen that episode, it is on YouTube. We're going to release it as a MP3 uh, mm-hmm. regular podcast episode in June while we're taking a season break. But she's so tiny. I did not expect that. And her husband is so is like tall. like 20 feet tall. I was like, does she like climb him? Like what, what is happening here? Like, and like it just makes her look even smaller. No, there and- are two of her that could fit <laughs> next to him. <laughs> I know. And then she complimented my pants and I just had to go. They're from Shein. And she's like, Shein? And I knew she never shopped on websites like Shein ever. <laughs> yeah, she's fancy pants. I, I bet if they knew my blazer was also from Amazon, they would have had shit kittens. <laughs> well, the thing is, so the thing is, Nicole Sedoma has been on, like, a lot of things. Like, so she's yeah. been on, like, the um, Good Morning America and all sorts of, like, fancy pants things. We're not yeah. fancy pants. She does the things. Right. So she told us that she has been on 14 podcasts and that ours is one of her favorite. Which was like fucking cool, fucking cool. That's um, you, so, homie. Thank you. I don't know. So that was amazing that night because we kind of got to you know be there, enjoy some amazing Thai food, meet I, the Annapolis mayor who's Australian. who's Australian. What the hell? That was so random. <laughs> Did you know? That's a fun fact you can pull out at parties to screw with people. The Annapolis mayor, the mayor of Annapolis, is Australian. He's Australian. His and wife is American, though. No, she's Aussie too. She is. She's I did Aussie not detect too. an accent. An accent. Yes, she was. She's Aussie too. So uh, we met. Um, we met our authors, except for Addison. And then Addison. on Saturday, we interviewed five authors. So um, Nina yeah. Degramant was ill unavailable yeah she did so she was unable to come to the festival so we interviewed nikki payne susan call addison armstrong cool cc harrington and anthony mara you know no big deal nbd no big deal listen cc harrington is one of the loveliest people i have ever had the pleasure of meeting Um, nikki payne out extroverted me gang Okay, Nikki Payne's husband is also an introvert, and he and I just sat down at one point, and we're like, we'll just let them do their thing, and we'll just sit here. (laughs) I don't know how that much energy didn't, like, magnetize the room and just implode as her and I just 
extroverted yeah. all over each other. There yeah, it bit. was exhausting to watch. I was like, oh, I'm <laughs> we so were both tired. It. You could tell we were both tired. Yeah, but just like, yeah. <laughs> but it was so cool, and the interviews were really great. Um, oh, it was so awesome. thankful to the authors who gave their time. And and I want to thank. I don't know who's which teacher we stole room but it's a maker's room we want to thank you so much you for, for letting, letting us make over space. your office oh yes. i did meet the teacher that we stole chairs from he was coming out of his classroom i was like hey is this your classroom and he was like yeah and i was like i stole chairs out of there trish told us to steal chairs i stole chairs out of there but now the door's locked so i can't put them back and he was like it's fine just leave them out in the hallway but then we were able to put them back but, but um yeah i mean really cool i met the children's librarians for the local library there um as molly just walked mm -hmm. up and started putting <laughs> flyers on her table like here hand these out i was like it's fine i'm a librarian too they were like okay trish told me to put if i saw a table put things on a table yeah. i didn't realize it wasn't a con table i was going <laughs> over with confidence then i looked like a dick and i was just gonna lean into the confidence at that point it was too late <laughs> i was too late into it when i realized it wasn't a con table um yeah so um this episode we're gonna wrap up what we're gonna say right now but this episode is all of the interviews with the authors <sighs> strung together if you want to actually watch the interviews because i know some of you do prefer yeah. to like watch us on youtube the live why i don't know your freaks i love that they do that like florida megan shout out to florida megan because she watches all of our youtube videos thank you megan she says she likes seeing her friend. So Well, that's solid point. Good job. So Good if up. you want to see the videos, the live streams are still saved to our Facebook page and mm -hmm. to our Instagram, and they're on YouTube. So you can actually go see them there. The ones that were on Instagram are not like the full – they don't have no, the best angle. No, they don't have the best no. angle because we were streaming from a phone on that one. But the other ones have better yeah. angles. We learned some things. We need to reverse where the cameras are. <laughs> we it was we had some growing growing pains. But this it's is our, our first, first time doing this. Yeah. It's our we first really, con. We really hope we get to go again. We have leftover stickers. So if you are a fan of the pod and you want merch and you live close to Molly or I. You know um, what? DM us on Insta. We'll we'll DM mail them to you. They'll fit we'll in an envelope. We'll mail them to you. We'll mail them to DM us on Insta. They're they're just really cool. They're just our logo, and um, I put one on my laptop here. I'll show you. I'll show the camera. Whoop! That was loud. There you go. Book Besties stickers. Book Besties podcast. Your. Right I got a big old roll of them. You I have a roll of them too. <laughs> you see me out and about in Calvert County. You recognize my bright purple hair? Come on up to me. I have stickers in my purse. Don't be shy, friends. Yeah. And I'm in Coastal Virginia. I'm not. I don't tell exactly where I live because I work for city government, but I live in Coastal Virginia. I do what so. I fucking want. So, unlike April, I don't have a grown-up telling me what to do all the time. It's true. It's true. Um, the grown-up telling me what to do all the time tends to be Katie. <laughs> Seriously, Katie tells us what to do a lot. I am so thankful that she came with us. She was Me such too. an she amazing was so, support. It was, such, it was, honestly, it wouldn't have been the day it was without her. Mm -mm. She and was so I warm. haven't seen my friend since I graduated high school. It's been 20 I years. I know. I feel so special that I got to just, like, see that love. You know, yeah. like. 
It was really great. And I'm glad we're all still friends on Monday. <laughs> it was, you were so worried. I was. I like so texted the group worried. chat and I was like, so uh, are we all still friends? <laughs> Bitch, I've known you since 09. You think that's going to change now? Well, I don't know. It's a lot. We were like on top of each other all weekend. You know, um, that's the thing though. It didn't seem like too much. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Annapolis Book Festival, thank you so much for we having us. Guys. We really would love to come again. This was Trish, such a dream Mike, come true. The whole board, the yeah. ladies in the reception hall, thank you for feeding us. Oh, thank you for feeding us. That was lovely. Thank you. Um, so, without further ado, here are the author interviews edited Hi, by our Joy. lovely editor. And Hi. we'll see you next week when we talk about this book, Crazy Rich Asians by Kevin Kahn. <laughs> Oh, boy. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And we're live. Hi, guys. We are at the Annapolis Book we're Festival. We're at the Annapolis Book Festival. And uh, we will be here all day live streaming. And this episode will be turned into a full normal podcast episode to premiere on May 9th. But we will be interviewing some authors, and today we are starting with the lovely and talented Nikki Payne, author of Pride and Protest. Oh. And oh my goodness. So quick information about Nikki. Well, first of all, thank you for coming. Nikki. Oh my goodness. Thank yes. you yes. both for sitting me. down with we, us. But guys, you need to know, we met Nikki last night, and we we're already besties. Yes. Already. It she's happened in, she's very in the inner fast. circle already. She, yeah. She's just, yeah. she's a book festie already. If it were a romance trope, I think it would be insta-love. Oh, insta-love. Yeah. Love. Insta Which is love. like my least favorite. Faded mates? Yeah. Faded mates. <laughs> Faded mates. <laughs> yeah. We're a trope already. Only we are a trope that. already. Only if there are bat wings involved. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, information about Nikki. Nikki is a, I love this, curious doctor of anthropology and I, big tech. Great, mm. great description. Um, the other thing, big smart. Sub, subvert canon literature. That, mm, love that. Big words, um, So, big your words. first book is uh, Pride and Protest, and your book that's coming out in the fall is Sex, Lies, and Sensibility, which Yo. is Shit's Creek meets Insecure. Um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit, too. Mm. Nikki is a payment... Uh, a man, uh, uh, nope, those are not the words. Nikki is a member of Smut U, a premium feminist writing collective, and is a cat lady with no cats. Unfortunately. Yeah. She I is on some. TikTok and Instagram. You guys should check her out there. Her stuff is really great. We are following her at Book Besties. So, yeah. So, thank you so Ooh. much again for coming and chatting so with us. Awesome. Thank thank you so awesome. We're so excited to have you. As am I. So, when we got the author list and we were able to pick who we wanted to Literally, talk to, Trish, Trish was like, like, just pick whatever you want. So I went through the list and I looked at everybody's bios and I looked what they wrote and I was like, we want to interview her. Yeah. This looks smart. You were, yeah. you were our first on both of our lists. Yes. Yeah. First on yes. both. Yes. Yeah. And we were like, because we read a lot of romance for the pod. We do. Mostly because, like, for me... Like, I'm a new romance reader. Um, it's only been, like, past two years. Yeah. And for me, it's like a brain break. Like, yeah. it's a yeah. cozy it's little warm. warm blanket. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's my husband right there. So he doesn't mind that I <laughs> write romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into writing romance? I'm one of those um, elder millennials who, yes, us too. <laughs> who mm -hmm. cut her teeth. On books above her pay grade. Well, because we were eat, reading those red books with grandma at the dinner table. Yeah, absolutely. So that's those grocery thing. paperbacks. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's another thing. Our grandmas, our mothers, right? Like, they were 
they would leave these kind of books half open. Right. Like the, you, uh, my the grandmother's reading. The spine is reading, cracked in all the yeah, best places. <laughs> my grandmother's reading this like Johanna Lindsay. And yes. it's like, you know, this, these racially ambiguous characters, uh-huh. you know, and, and you peel it open. It just happens to be in the middle and there's a heaving bosom. Yeah. What? And you're like, something's grandma. Quivering. Something's quivering. You're like, this shouldn't happen. This better not awaken anything in me sexually. <laughs> I'm 12. <laughs> I, love, I love community, by the way. That was, that was a great quote for there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for recognizing. I got the humor, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I was like one of those people that um, was reading precociously. Yeah. And one of the first places where I felt um, safe to, like where I saw women like actually experiencing mm-hmm. joy mm-hmm. was in romance yeah. yeah because if you read widely and i was also one of those people like early reading stephen king or reading yeah. thrillers yeah. like women out here getting uh, abducted you yeah know what I mean? they out here getting lots, of abducted. lots of murder lots of stabbies. yeah we're getting killed we're getting murdered, murdered. We're, like yeah Bodies and we're never dragged. focused characters we're yes. always the secondary, secondary characters yeah that highlights the like manliness or the attractiveness of the uh, main right. character yep. of the white male character. of the white male character mm-hmm. and like and we're mm-hmm. just we're also not having orgasms right. in those other genres we need you to know? have orgasms in all the books in all okay? the books in all the books you know just like at least before the the guy gets to us right before they chase right. us down in the woods we're important too we're right? important right. too right. so I, so the reason why i love romance is that it was one of those first genres that made like women's joy and women's pleasure not seem silly yes mm-hmm. and, it, and the stakes seemed high yes and it was important and i love it, it was yeah. your needs are valid just yeah. like everybody else's yes and i sort of like what i like about our current like social media platforms and like bookstagram and book talk is that they are there are women that are saying like this is not garbage reading no this is quality reading we get an a story a complete character and we get orgasms and we're using our mind (laughs) and we're using our mind we're using our mind and when you read you're expanding your vocabulary yeah Yeah. every day yeah absolutely think of all the euphemisms for sexual organs in romance Mm -hmm. right i would have never known to call anything a member right you know what i mean i mean come on his quivering member quivering member yeah come on so I loved this quote from your bio that you um, you say you want to subvert canon literature. So what kind? Can you go into that a little bit with us? Tell us what uh, what inspires that. Oh gosh, I love the classics. I'm one of those people that mm-hmm. I, I read a ton mm-hmm. of classics. I was a um, English minor. I took so many English major. Co- yeah, I took so many English courses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> even though I ended up doing going anthropology all the way, yeah. mm-hmm. I took so many English courses. So I, I could have had a major, and I loved classic literature yeah um and one of the things that i found very interesting about classic literature was that it occupies this like kind of natural space mm-hmm. you know in mm-hmm. our imagination mm-hmm. so if you were to say like more gruel please yes. you know like yes. someone would immediately think like oliver twist right like yes. orphans. See, sir, man, <laughs> exactly it's like, the beginning of the zeitgeist exactly right. yeah and so like what i love about like placing um like characters of color or, or queer characters in those mm-hmm. classic spaces is that it repackages these well-known things that mm-hmm. are kind of already existing mm-hmm. in the public imagination mm-hmm. and like forces a different type of story oh absolutely um, into you're, the mix you're taking a comfort of uh, their blankie and yeah. changing the color of oh it. my gosh that's right. it it's right. a trojan horse it's, it's just like trojan you horse. love jane austen she's so safe she's so white bam yep. got gotcha. right <laughs> got you dummies <laughs> last night <laughs> <laughs> so we actually we met nikki last night at the author event that the key school hosted for all of their authors and you said to me 
I'm going to introduce it as, do you like Jane Austen? How about with this? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Please let me know how that goes. Yeah. 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 It, it, was, it, was, it was going over like a lead balloon in that crowd. But, you know, but I'm getting better at the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I think it's great. And so I was an English major. I was an English education major. So basically an English major. And now I'm a librarian. And one of the things I kind of pride myself on is that there's a lot of classic lit that I haven't read. Mm-hmm. And Pride and Prejudice is actually one that I haven't read. I've seen... Colin Firth's adaptation. Mm. Mm. Mama silence. <laughs> All three of us just mm. pause. And I've also seen the Kira Knightley version, which Matthew is Matthew McFadden. Yeah. 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 Moment for the hand flex. Yeah. Mm. Oh man, the hand flex. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. first like sex scene I could watch in front of my yeah. family. <laughs> <laughs> All it was was just yeah. I'm like, oh, oh exactly. <laughs> like, that did it. That was enough. That was I shifted my seat a little. <laughs> shifted my seat. <laughs> The word of the day. Do you guys remember Pee Playhouse? Yes. When yes. you said one word and everyone would yeah. scream. Yeah. Whenever someone says shift in my seat, I'm just going to go, ah! That's amazing. I love it. I love That's it. amazing. Um, so, yeah, so I have, like I said, I've seen the movies, never read the book, but this was an amazing adaptation. It's spectacular. It's such a good, like, modern retelling. And one of the things that... Relevant story. Yeah. One of the things I liked about it, I was surprised by. Okay, I could tell that our main character was African American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our That's main male point. character. I was like, I think he's probably a person of color, but maybe he's white. Yeah, mm-hmm. wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was an interesting twist mm-hmm. that he's Asian and adopted by a white family. Mm-hmm. So, what made you to make that choice? Um, that's that's a. a- Fantastic question, and I want to go back a little bit because, okay. like, I I was very intentional on like the uh, it's like, very apparent racing and yeah. gendering these mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. in a particular way. Mm-hmm. So you're playing chess. Oh yeah, no. So as a uh, my background is in anthropology, and I did a ton of research on aesthetics and power. Kind right. Of what we right. find beautiful and why? Right. And what is it attached to? Right. And oftentimes people using technology to mm-hmm. you know like when you think about beautifying yourself for a dating app, the types of changes that you make. Yeah. And, like what are you saying about your relationship? Right. To yeah. Power. Mm-hmm. And so in um, researching a ton of this um, dating app data, very, very interesting um, book. It's called Dataclysm, if you're just very interested in yeah. getting nerdy. Okay. Um, but what we found was that um, in this kind of dating atmosphere world, yeah. um, black women and Asian men were the least responded to yeah. in these in really? dating apps. Mm. And um, there, it was all wrapped up in our notions of like mm-hmm. femininity and the stereotypes that come yeah, with it. Absolutely. Yeah. The and cliches and clicks we've got with it. Asian men will only be a certain way. Yeah. Black yeah. women will only be... If they expect things. If you think about like your, the kind of old movies that um, we grew up with yeah. and like, and there's an Asian male lead. If there was an Asian um, male lead, like, was he allowed candles. to kiss the girl? 16 Candles. Yeah. Yeah. 16 he, Candles. Long Duck Dong. Yep. He's going to be the outside character. Well, and they, like they make it cartoon, or, you know, cartoonized. Yeah. We we can't be a serious character. Yeah. If you are Asian born, you are obviously a joke, which is not the case. Yes. Right. Yeah. Or you get emasculated in these right. interesting yeah. ways. And even if you use, like, a more modern thing, Big Bang Theory, right? So the Asian character on there is Indian. Indian. And he's... Foreign, Social, incredibly social, socially awkward, yeah. right? It's and asexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I think there's like some social work being done. Yeah, right? even Romeo Must Die, which is one of my favorite books, is yeah, it, it has all the I mean movies has yeah. all the tropes of like mm-hmm. the guy gets Facts. the girl at yes. the end, right? Yes. and they don't even well, kiss. Right. Well, look at mm-hmm. um, 
movies from when we were kids when they did Othello and yeah. Julia Stiles was in it yeah. and they played into the race yeah. hard yeah. and while Othello was intended to in, you know Shakespeare did insinuate that Othello was of darker skin tone yeah. mm-hmm. the way they chose to do it back then Mm-hmm. They could have used a lighter hand. They could have yeah. used different brush strokes mm-hmm. to make that a smoother transition. And they just tried hammering it yeah. hard. Like, see, we're inclusive. See, we're yeah. doing it. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's just Hollywood didn't smooth that transition. Yeah. yeah. And well, and, there, I, and there's no tries. And, right. and I'm a children's book librarian, mm-hmm. a children's librarian. And so I read a lot of children's books. Mm-hmm. And the representation, yeah. I mean, honestly, and since I've started my career in 2011, it has changed a lot. We do yeah. have more inclusivity in yeah. kids' lits, which is something like there's an awesome organization called We Need Diverse Books. Yeah. Yes. Please follow them. That Absolutely. I'm a huge supporter of them. They're doing if amazing you're following in the work. Comments, put it down. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that is big push that yeah. in kids' books we yeah. we need to see people yeah. of color. We need because to see they need to see themselves. Yes. So I bought this book for our library. I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like it's a book about a school. And yeah. It's the first day of school, and they have. All the all the skin melanoma yeah. you can imagine, and then then they have a kid who's using a mobility device, and I'm wow. like, this is gonna be amazing. They're all background characters, and the wow. main character is a white male. Yeah, and I was like, Come oh on. my yeah. gosh, did you not hear yeah. us when we said, please, please be inclusive? Yeah. Yeah. this is not inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. this is just. Here you go. We tried to give you what you wanted. Yes, yes. I mean, very much to that mm-hmm. point of being being intentional about mm-hmm. this. Is, like when you're thinking about revamping a classic, like yeah. one of the classics, yes. like you think like what would happen if you made this witty, incredibly desirable mm-hmm. uh, main character woman. Sexy like, as hell. Sexy as hell. A black woman from round the way, mm-hmm. from yep. Southeast, mm-hmm. right, D.C. Mm-hmm. And like what if you made this brooding, canonically attractive, very rich yeah. and desirable male mm-hmm. who fucks Sorry. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. that's okay. You are allowed to say that on here. Who fucks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> an Asian male, right? Yeah, right. Like, right. and so I was, I was very intentional yeah. on it, like it's, racing those yeah. characters. Well, you, you can see what you're, you're doing. Mm-hmm. You, the, your strokes are intentional. Every line is intentional. You can see. I've, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm halfway through the book, but I had a rough month yeah. <laughs> getting ready yeah. for this. Molly's been a little sick. Been a little sick. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like halfway through the book, but even to where I am. Every line is intentional. You can see you've put time and thought into this. Mm-hmm. The, the moment that I noticed that and it stuck out for me was when she's coming to the first event and she's talking to him and she hands him the signs and thinks he's a Latino yes. bus boy. Yeah. And, and, and then tells him, you're not and, even a real Latino. Yeah. Yes. No, because he's Asian. No, right, no. <laughs> but see, never a and, and, I, and he's getting offended and she's like backtracking and we're guilty of that now right Mm -hmm. and i mean i've assumed someone's Mm -hmm. color i'm sure you've assumed someone's color and someone's sexuality we just actually talked about that like i still am very guilty of everyone's straight until they tell me otherwise and i assume you're i assume you're gay (laughs) (laughs) everyone's in the rainbow you have to come out straight to me (laughs) if you're not in the alphabet mafia you are I mean, you, you guys bring up a great point was that this is an interesting kind of point of contention right? Yeah. Um, when people um, talk about this. And there, there are two ways to read this. And I find that oftentimes if you have come from um, a place where 
um, you see your community look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's like doing something illegal, spoiler alert, and yeah. she's like pulling all these signs out of this car and mm-hmm. she's sneaking out um, like into the side of yeah. this mm-hmm. event. And she hears this voice like, Ayo, like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. And she tenses up. She thinks she's going to get arrested. She thinks she's right. going to face consequences. Right. She's right. afraid. And when she turns around, um, the voice doesn't match the who she face. Sees. Right. Mm-hmm. And she, what she sees is not, there wasn't some, um, some notion of, oh, this person is less than. Right. What, she's, no. what she's experiencing is actually inclusive. Community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is a. This is this is one my of people, us. yeah. And she proceeds to tell him her entire plan, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And even to go so far as to give him the signs, yes, to, say, to trust him, yeah. to trust to him. Trust you him. Will you take care of these? Yeah. Like you are in my community. and then gave him money, yes, yes. tipped yes. him, tipped him, and and told him he could unionize. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can have better than this. Exactly. Like she was, she came there, and when she saw him, she said, "Oh, this is." Like yeah. this, these are my people, mm-hmm. and so the notion of imagining that he was a waiter mm-hmm. as a necessarily negative thing. Mm-hmm. Like right. I don't know if you remember, but like after she saw him, she was like, "Oh, we could get down yeah. being this waiter." Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. So like she's like, "I'll even let you take me dancing." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like coding that as like seeing her like as as her looking down. The at, miscommunication yeah, trope is just is, spectacular. Yeah, like I don't think she was looking down at him. She no, was seeing no, and him. I know, and it's just. Funny how he interpreted it versus how she interpreted oh, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He absolutely saw it as mm-hmm. a yeah. diss. Like, I'm not a waiter. She's just like, yeah. you're a waiter. Let's get it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. what up, my guy? <laughs> exactly. And I think I think there's something to be said about him being raised in a white family. Oh, yes, right? absolutely. Because um, he absolutely didn't see community when he saw her. No, right. He was like, she is, all, he could see her mm-hmm. on the streets of Cairo doing like a yeah. three-card Monty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's like, she's yeah. a scammer. Yeah, she's a scammer. She's, who is this girl coming in here to like destroy the event yeah. that's my mm-hmm. Event. Yeah. like yeah he she, all he saw her was the enemy yeah yeah um and uh yeah i thought i thought that that was a really cool take on it especially because when you look at like the intricacies of his board mm-hmm. yeah they don't see him mm-hmm. as Mm-mm. as the leader either no he is not the white man who led us before Mm-mm. you know not. and they he knows that yeah. intimately mm-hmm. yeah so i thought that was really clever so let's talk about the spice oh Okay, so, so yeah. <laughs> so, what is it like for you, like, to write these spicy sex scenes? Like, do you have like a process, a mindset oh, you have to get into? I absolutely. Is there do. a glass of rosé going on? There's, there's uh, no rosé, but what happens is I listen to, like, the filthiest songs, mm. like yes. the songs that your parents will say, "That's gonna rot your brain. That's mm-hmm. that's devil music." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if, if your grandmother would clutch her pearls, you know what I mean? Oh, I know what you're saying. My, oh my goodness, those are a lot of words. You know, so, what like, are you doing? Exactly. So, um, just songs that automatic. I use songs a lot to like bring me music. into a. Yeah. So you have playlists for your books. Oh, absolutely. I do too. Oh, I do Spotify playlists. Yes. I make main character playlists. It's how I get that's, to know my main character. That's exactly. No, that's that's. It's that's honestly amazing. a way for your brain to, to get into the vibration. So you turn. I use it to get in their head, in their yeah. mindset. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And so when I, I'm writing spicy yeah. scenes, I'm like. Um, for obvious reasons, like so, you have a sex partition. track for I this. Absolutely have a sex track. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. have a sex track. Quality. So a lot of the weekend, okay. Yeah. It's a lot of like uh, people like moaning mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids and Joe. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of you know. You want to tell me your name? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of nineties R and B. Nice. You know, just do we honestly. have Tony in there? Oh, no, Pony is more. Sweat. 
Oh, Keith Sweat can mm. beg for a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I do a, I do a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I get into the mind, and then I just start writing things. And when I'm writing, like, if it doesn't turn me on, I delete it. Yeah. You know? Like, if I'm writing this, and I'm just like, mm, I'm so, not getting, I'm not shifting in my seat. Ah! Okay, you got to shift in that seat. <laughs> I'm not shifting in my seat, then, mm. you know. So let me I ask you it. this. What's the one thing you cut out you wish you put it in? Ooh, I cut out so much. Mm. I cut out so much. There is this one scene. But there's one regret. There's one regret. There's one regret. Oh, my gosh. With, um... They that the night with Joseph Park and uh, and Dorsey was mm-hmm. way longer than oh to yeah them. so they like did all that like Joseph Park took them like all over the mm-hmm. place and they uh-huh. stopped at this little like um, at this Korean karaoke joint mm-hmm. and I made Dorsey so uncomfortable when uh, like Joseph yeah. Park was like trying to like, like just make him, him to like comfortable. Yeah. relax mm-hmm. and he was like I cannot relax like this is not he's relaxing. just a rod yeah. he's a straight rod and uh, it was just these moments of of him slowly unraveling and yeah. by the time they got to the house he was pretty unraveled but no one got to see him like mm-hmm. loosen the thread so like by the house everyone's just like wow he's ready to go and it's like well mm-hmm. he was he was c- teased out mm-hmm. you know yeah they worked they worked on that for they him. worked so you were writing that one in dual narrators. So did is that how you got into the different mindsets? You had the playlist for each of them. I absolutely did. I love that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I love a good book with more than one point of view. Yes, yeah, that is that is and, me. And it's interesting because some authors can struggle, mm-hmm. right? And you have oh, we've read some that were so struggle, but each voice is very distinct. You mm-hmm. knew both characters. So did you write them parallel, or did you write each storyline separately? Um, that's that's a very that's such a good point. Is that you you write, and then the first draft you're like telling the story to yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's some instances where you write a story, a, a, a scene, and they're both together, and you're just like, this isn't the actually the the right. most interesting POV, right? Yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. and you switch it out, and then you change the way that person yeah. thinks yeah. to say like this person would find much more meaning in this mm-hmm. interaction than yeah. the other person. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes you write the entire story out and you're just like, it's the wrong POV. And you yeah. just right. move it around and switch it around. Right. So yeah, absolutely dual POVs. Yeah. One of the struggles I think with single POVs is that like you have to turn this other person that mm-hmm. the other person is experiencing from mm-hmm. the single point of view yeah. point of view into a real whole three D mm-hmm. person yeah. that is only perceived from the other person's POV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very hard for that character to not come off like a cardboard yeah. cut out of man. And it's hard yeah. to write dimension when you're playing one person. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's it's LARPing. Yeah. Writing is LARPing. We it are always is. It's just trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and hope you do it right. Yeah. It's hard. So yeah. are you a pantser or an outliner? Oh man, I'm a, a plotster. Oh, right. I'm a plotster. Mm. So what I do is develop these chunks of an outline mm-hmm. to say like this has to happen, this has to happen, these collection the, of things have to happen, and then on the inside of those chunks, I'm just like, let's go wow. So I do bullet points like that, yeah, and then I just write paragraphs, and that yeah. becomes your story. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it really does. It, it really does. So I wanted to talk a little bit about sex lies and sensibility. What can mm-hmm. readers expect from this, and what's the release date? Oh my gosh, the release date is February thirteenth. 2024. 2024. Um, and 
This book is so far. I'm I'm just finishing like all the edits, and I like to call it like Shit's Creek meets Insecure. Oh, and it Insecure is so good. Oh gosh, it is two sisters with very differing temperaments mm. <laughs> who um, find out at the worst possible moment, aka a funeral, that they are the outside children of their father, Ooh. and all of the money, the life, the vibes mm-hmm. um, that they originally had, the new family is like, honey, cool story. There's a, there's a, jalopy, <laughs> cool story, of a yeah, there's a jalopy of a house that you can have, and it's in Maine, and best of luck to you. Oh. And so these two very different women um, away themselves mm-hmm. to Maine, and before they can even like shake the dust off of their like last season boots... There is a um, eco tour um, advisor who is already using that house for his like kind of illegal squatting, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course he is. Yeah, absolutely. Of he is. <laughs> He's a, a Native American lead, mm-hmm. and he is like essentially telling them, "Hey, you can't do what you're doing," you mm-hmm. know. And so this, what I love about this, my favorite part of this is like putting these two black women in this instance of mm-hmm. like engaging with like the Native community, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and coming there and saying like, "Oh." Like this is my land, and the uncomfortableness by which yeah. they have to, mm-hmm. to like yeah be like well with, yeah. technically it's ours too and, yeah and, yeah and the native community is like no, no you're not gonna <laughs> Columbus this and imagine like these black women yeah. Yeah. like pl- clutching their pearls like moi yeah. Moi? yeah. Me? yeah. yeah. a colonizer right. so like I just wanted to play with that moment that's gonna that and, be and I can't think of a single romance book where Native American is main character never. I can't. No, I can't either. So that is going to be oh, a great. He's a main character. And he's I my, so far that. my favorite hero. His name is Bear, and I would mm. let me tell you something. <laughs> Woo. Bear's going to make a shift in our. Seat. Bear's going to make you shift. Bear's in Bear's going to be our new book boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, We're adding him to the list. <laughs> That's what's up. So well, you'll have to bring it to us. Yeah, on book. You should come on. Will. We'll do another. We'll episode. do a whole episode. I'll be here. Yes, yes. as long as you have. We, we'll film virtually, so you can just do it from the comfort of your own. Let's do it. I'll just well, be in the back, like yeah. sweeping the floors in the back. Maybe not that comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a shot. Give me a shot. <laughs> Sometimes we have wine when we're doing oh, it. So it's we fine. are so grateful you made time Thank for us today you. with Thank the busy you. day. And what time is your panel today? 3 p.m. 3 p.m. So if you're here at the Annapolis Book Festival or if you are coming by the come Annapolis on Book Festival, come, on we'll, come to Nikki's. And don't forget to follow her on the socials. Yes. She is on, what is your TikTok, handle? TikTok, Instagram. I am Nikki Payne Books on Instagram. Nikki Payne Romance on TikTok. And Nikki... Paying books on Twitter, but Twitter is kind of a hellscape right yeah, now. Yeah, so Twitter, Twitter. Just avoid make your Twitter. Choices. Yeah, the fire. You you yeah. you you make good choices. <laughs> make good choices. That's <laughs> all we can hope for, people. Anything else before we uh, go? Are you um, anything else you want to share with us? I just want to say that the book besties are now my book besties. Yes. How did that happen? We collect like yours. I love it. We <laughs> appreciate it so much. Thank, Thank you so for joining much. us. We'll see you guys with the next you. author. Yep. Bye. Bye. We're Hi, everybody, we're back. Uh, we are, again, we are at the Annapolis Book Festival. Um, In case you at, don't at, remember. At the Key School. We are here with some awesome authors today. Today, right now, we are with Susan Call. Um, author of Bookish People. Yes. Call. C-O-L. 
C-O-L-L. C-O-L-L, but it's call, right? Okay, I said it right. You did. I should have asked that before we went on. That would have been probably more professional. But anyway, um, so we're here with Susan Call today. Bookish People is her newest book that's out now. That's actually the one that Molly and I read to talk to her about today. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, A little bit of information about Susan Call. Susan, can we call you Susan? Yes, Yes, just call you Susan. I could keep calling you Susan Call. Well, I mean, whatever. No, no. Um, uh, so book is bookish people is your most recent book uh, but you're the author of six novels is that correct yes six Damn. novels which is awesome yeah. girl um her you're work busy. has appeared yes. in the washington post the new york times npr.org the atlantic.com the millions i mean just a lot a lot of publications um president of the penn faulkner foundation which is pretty cool that's amazing and recipient recipient of the 2022 and 2023 grants from the dc commission of the arts and humanities which is awesome she's also teaching an an intensive year-long novel workshop at the writer center which is so cool so again Uh, thank you are you writing on top of all this i'm writing and i'm also working back working at politics and press oh my goodness Doing a few too many things. Wow. So she doesn't sleep is what she's saying. <laughs> I love to sleep. <laughs> when she has the time, yeah. she loves to sleep. Yeah. So, oh, okay, style. that's so cool. You're thank so you busy. Again. Oh, thank you for having me. You're yeah. so busy. Yeah. Yeah. How do you manage all that? Like, how do you? I'm just a little too busy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to, what I need is more time to read. Oh, I kind yes. of feel like I'm. Girl, same. Yeah. We always yeah. want more time to read. Yeah, yeah. we do about, we do a book a week every week. And so I'm always reading two books at once. Yeah. Plus I'm a librarian, so sometimes yeah. I'm reading for work. Yeah. And I'm I'm just like, wow, this is a lot. Yeah. So that's when I take what I call smut breaks <laughs> and I just read smutty romance novels. So I'm like, that's I need a great. break that's from great. anything that's we, hard to read. Yes, we all need that. Smut breaks are good. So uh, this is your sixth book. Um, but this one, uh, this one's also set in a backdrop of a tragedy near your home. Yeah. Um, and I live in Virginia too, so uh, I wanted to know uh, how was writing this book different for you than the other ones. Well, in some ways, it was similar in that I tend to write. I'm very settings driven, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I can't help but absorb mm-hmm. where I am at the time. And you know, with this book, I had worked at Politics and Prose for about five years and I promised the owners I was not going to write a novel about a bookstore. And then you did it. And then I did because I really had no intention of doing it. But then it just kind of happened. It just kind of happened. I can tell you the moment it happened, if if that's of interest. Yeah, sure. It is. um, Well, I had I had left. I took a leave of absence, but they had kept me for a while Mm -hmm. on the daily email list Mm -hmm. that went out to the managers. And I would read it with, you know, just for fun. And mm-hmm. I kept telling them to take me off the list. Yeah. But I stayed on it for a while. And I noticed that they, they send out something called the end of day report at the end of each day that mm-hmm. just summarizes everything mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. in the bookstore. You and know. you have those in this book? Yeah. They're um, hilarious. That was the original title of the book, but that got mixed. Mm-hmm. Oh. I understand why. But yeah. it was the end of day report. Um, and it just summarizes, you know, how many, you know, what the big book is, mm-hmm. like 20 customers asked for this book because it was on NPR and a dog came in and was sick in the yeah. travel section, that kind of thing. Um, but I started to notice that it so frequently mentioned that the vacuum cleaner was broken. <laughs> and when I worked there, the vacuum cleaner was frequently broken. Nice. And then like the little messages were 
kind of amusing. It would be like, well, it is working. You just have to kick it a few times. So <laughs> nice. then I thought, you know, this this is a message that yeah. I do need to write this novel. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I asked, forgot to get, ask you if you could give us a summary yeah. of the book. So now yeah. we're talking about yeah. it, and people don't know what we're talking yeah, about. So exactly. Can you give us um, a summary, summary of, of yeah. people? So sorry. It is a, a dark comedy mm-hmm. said during one week in August 2017 in Mm -hmm. an independent bookstore with no name in the novel. Um, And it's set the week of the events in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. So that is sort of in the backdrop of everything going Mm -hmm. on. It's not about that, but it definitely influences all the characters. Yeah, and I, you know, that's why I say, right, comedy, all my books are comic, but they always have some kind of thread layer of social realism mm-hmm. or Absolutely. you know yeah brings it into the real world exactly. for the reader exactly yeah. yeah um so for those of you that don't know uh there was a peaceful protest in virginia in charlottesville um and that was disrupted with violence yeah um and uh i actually lived in we had, that was our first year in virginia mm-hmm. and being a librarian um you know, we tend to be advocating for, you know, people just to have their normal whatever feelings they have because mm-hmm. library, libraries are for everybody. Right. Um, so it was a time for us as librarians that we're like, okay, so now how do we make people feel like it's safe to be yeah. here yeah. Um, and to be who they want to be? Um, and I, we're still fighting that fight because yeah. there's a lot of that happening right now. Yeah. Um, so I immediately connected with the characters in your book because I was like, okay, I wasn't part of it. Um, and most of the characters in your book were not present. There's one character that was present. Right. Um, but uh, they're all affected because it's something that would affect anyone yeah. that's right. in, the, you know, in that area. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely felt that connection. So. Yeah, I mean, in the same way that politics can't help but seep into libraries, they seep into bookstores. Yeah, yeah of course. And I you know, have a thread of that with the, the book has the three points of view. One is right. the bookstore owner. Mm-hmm. One is a young bookseller. And one is this poet who his tour has been canceled mm-hmm. and he's effectively been canceled. But he this may is before or may not be a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, this is before there was a cancel culture. Right, so right, right. It's yeah. kind of interesting to see how all this sort of was right. bubbling yeah. up in 2017. Right. Before. Mm-hmm. So, I did mean, you have a favorite character in that book to write? I did. My favorite character was this poet, mm-hmm. the canceled poet. Um, and he almost got cut from the book because mm, I had yeah. a lot more of him in there. And I could see how you could do that, like, with the writing style and how either way it could have gone for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had a lot but more of he him. he adds. But, I, yeah. I think he yeah. some, he's a great unreliable narr- narrator. Yeah. Yes. Never really we love know. an unreliable yeah. narrator You're in your like, book, Bessie. is he a murderer, though? Did he, did he <laughs> kill her or was it the stove? What was the stove called? An aga. I've never heard of it's an aga a real before. Thing. <laughs> I lived in England for three years, oh, and okay. everyone had agas. And but really, the first time I saw it was in a novel. I can't remember the author, but a very British mm-hmm. women's uh, fiction. And there was an aga, and I didn't. The aga was like a character almost, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what an aga was. So yeah. I finally asked my British friend, and she thought that was just hilarious. Yeah. And it yeah. is a very common oven. In fact, I was visiting a friend last week in Virginia. 
And they had an aga in the kitchen, so it was amazing. I forgot to take a picture. <laughs> what I love is that he doesn't want people to think it was an aga. Like, yeah, he's, right. He's, I'm not one of those people. Right, it's, it's like, got a connotation. Like, I feel like that's probably not the main story. Like, you might have murdered somebody. Probably. That's what's important here. Right, right. Well, driven her to suicide. Yes, right. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Driven her to suicide. Yeah. Um, so... I uh, what was I gonna say? Oh my goodness! I, okay, um, I six books is a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you get into writing? Like how how did how did you first get into publishing? Yeah, I just so wanted to write fiction. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you why. You know, I love. Uh, oh, I create. Ma- I, I, yeah. I I I'm constantly creating. I yeah, just yeah, haven't been published. Just, <laughs> yeah, no, I love to read and write and worked on the mm-hmm. college newspaper, um, uh, but it was very hard to get. Published. Yes, it is very difficult. Believe that I've published it's, six. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. It's awesome. So, are yeah. you a pan? How do you fall in line with the rest of us? Are you a pantser? Are you a plotter? Do you I'm just not, run? Yeah, I'm not a plotter at all. I wish I could. I'd mm, save myself yeah. a lot of time. But the book I just finished Oof. was very yeah. different from everything else. You had <laughs> us a new book. New book. <laughs> uh, it'll be out next May, hopefully. Um, but it's very different in that it's the first book I've written that is not kind of from within. It oh. wasn't. It was a story I'd been hearing about for years that I was interested in. It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with me, and that kind of forced me to write differently and to do not plotting because I'm not capable of plotting, but mm-hmm. to think more about technique and mm-hmm. yeah, craft. I, and I've yeah. noted you'll see with authors, and if you have like a favorite author that you've read for years, like Doc, I, I, I'm a big fan of Deborah Harkness. And um, Kareen Slaughter, Karen Slaughter, and both of them, you can see when they've hit their stride in both their books. Huh. Dr. Harkness, it's like her second book. You can see she just folded and melted into it and she found her path. Mm-hmm. And Karen Slaughter, you can see that with like what her Clark County series. Like the, the second or third book, you can see she just kind of rolls into it. And you can tell when authors yeah. find the rhythm and it starts smoothing slowly. Sometimes it's their first book. Sometimes it's like their last Seven, book. Yeah. yeah, it just depends. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked the like low key shade that's in the book of, I don't get why everybody wants to be an author. Yeah. <laughs> so was that something that happened at the bookstore where you worked? Like, was this the question? Like, why does everybody want to be a writer? Like, <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it's a bigger threat in the forthcoming book. Oh, well, because the, protagonist is a frustrated novelist mm-hmm. and a writing teacher. So. Who is it? Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So she has all of these stories from her writing students mm-hmm. stuck in her head. But yes, I, I think some of that's just my life between teaching writing mm-hmm. and then working at a bookstore yeah. and being a writer. Everyone yeah. I I'm just ma- I'm married to a writer, so yeah. everybody oh. in my life. So your life is writing. Yeah. yeah, so it's all you talk about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a little too much yeah. sometimes. So. Okay, so what are you reading right now then? Let's yeah. not talk about writing. Let's talk about oh, reading. Oh, boy, what am I reading? Um, well, I just finished. The last book I read is someone who will be at the festival today. Uh, she's presenting, but Michelle Brofman. She has a book coming out in June called Swimming with Ghosts. Okay. And okay. it's set in... I think it's set in Northern Virginia. That is Um, a Molly book, just by the title. Well, it's about a swim club, uh, like a suburban swim club, but Mm -hmm. the characters 
you know, kind of adults behaving badly and mm-hmm. kids swim team. And it's mm-hmm. very good. It's very good. That sounds good. Might um, need to add that to our list. Yeah. 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 Swimming with ghosts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm mostly reading manuscripts. You know, I'm oh. reading a manuscript for a friend right now. Yeah. And then yeah. I have my class. So that's when I say oh, I don't yeah. read enough. I read a lot, but I'm reading for work. You need a smut break. You yeah. <laughs> smut break. I, do. I, do. I will, I will smut break. I'll DM you some smut suggestions. <laughs> I like Emily Henry, so. Oh, yeah. yes. yes. Love yes. Emily Henry. Yes. Uh, Nikki Payne, who's here, we just uh, oh. we just finished with her. Pride and Protest? Pride and Protest is really good. So That's, good. It's good, yeah. good smut, too. Good yeah. smut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of your books, Acceptance, and was that, that was the third book you wrote? I think so, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it was made into a movie. Joan yeah. Cusack stars yeah. in that. I yeah. love her. I yeah. love her. Um, so uh, what was that What was that process like? You have a writer's credit on IMDb. No big deal. So I was like, um, no big deal. what it was like. Well, I was not a writer on there. I was a consultant. So okay. if I have that credit, I'm not aware. And thank you. You do. <laughs> she, does. she does. I looked. <laughs> we um, fact checked. <laughs> uh, I was... A consultant, um, and I think that was a good thing. I, mm-hmm. I was advised mm-hmm. that sometimes authors can get too close to the material and mm-hmm. it complicates mm-hmm. the process, and that was fine with me because I have no experience screenwriting, mm-hmm. and I think it is a very different mm-hmm. skill, and I like mostly what the screenwriter did, and mm-hmm. I think she was able to have enough distance from the book that she could sort of play with it in a way that wouldn't have occurred to me, so she pulled out one of the characters who had not been a main character, mm-hmm. she'd just been one of, a, I think I probably had three points of view there as well, and made her the main character and her voice kind of narrated the whole mm-hmm. movie. I think she made it funnier than I would have been able to do with that with the, with, 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 with that you, format. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I haven't seen the movie, but I did watch the trailer, and it seemed like, um, what's the girl from Parenthood? Who was also in May Whitman? May Whitman. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So May Whitman's May. like kind yeah. of the star. Yeah. Like I feel like what they did with from what it looks like is they made it more geared towards a younger crowd oh. than like being more of an adult Gen contemporary. X. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we love May Whitman. We love. Yeah, May. she was awesome. very good. Yeah. Was, I, at the same time she was doing that, she was filming in treatments. Mm. If you remember that, and yeah. she was, I believe this was a while ago, but she was somebody's this like the therapist's rebellious daughter, so she had a. But yeah. she had a streak in her hair, and I think that was from filming Acceptance. Nice. So yeah. I was kind of proud of seeing that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, she was, Lauren Graham bought uh, bought the rights to a book we really love, which is called The Royal We, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be made into a movie, and Mae Whitman was supposed to be the star, and the rights have lapsed because the pandemic changed all mm-hmm. that. And uh, But we were pretty disappointed because we were like, Lauren Graham and Mae Whitman. Yeah. This yeah. is going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, and then I noticed the, the dad, I won't remember his name, but he popped up in Mad Men. So mm-hmm. I was oh, cool. very excited. I feel like yeah. these are my people now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> they, they are your people. I mean, you made them into the world. <laughs> yeah. You got to talk about your characters like real people and yeah. turn them into yeah. real people. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of us get to do that as authors. Yeah. So did you get to be on freaking set? Awesome. I never went oh, on set, okay. so I did not really have very much to do. Mm-hmm. They sent me the final script, yeah. and I suggested some changes, some of which they listened to, and some Another of which they like, didn't. Nah. So I didn't go down. They filmed in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and I wish I'd gone down, but I had three kids. and oh, Yeah, that's they, tough. That's so we're not encouraging me to come yeah. down. I think there was some drama on the set, and I think oh, they just didn't want another person yeah. there. 
Yeah. They need more help. Like they need right. a hole in the head. Right. Right. <laughs> so what else can you tell us about your new book? It comes out in March. Uh, May, Ma- hopefully. May. Hopefully. hopefully. So, I mean, if it's any good. I just turned it in. I okay. haven't heard from my editor So yet. working title or is it a uh, title? It yet? has a title. It's called Real Life and Other Fictions. Ooh. And it, it actually begins. I, like I do It's got a slightly local setting now that I think about it. It begins on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge. Mm. Um, that's yep. where it opens yep. <laughs> and it has to do with a woman whose family died in a bridge collapse in West Virginia in the 1960s and that's oh. a real bridge collapse and wow. the silver bridge collapse and that spawned the myth of the Mothman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or I don't know if Tom's, the ice. Yeah. Tom's, yeah. Like, Tom's over there nodding. Yeah. Tom's in. Yeah. You um, got Tom in. So either way, you're coming. Right. Yeah, and I may have not use the right language there. I could have things thrown at me by people because the myth, it's not clear that it's a myth. I mean, there may really be a Mothman. Right. The story right. of the Mothman became The known. legend. The yeah, urban the legend. legend. Yes. I love stories yeah. based on urban legend. Yeah. Because you, you Tom, never... Tom's still hunting for Sasquatch, so it's fine. Yeah. I'm well, like, I talk they... about cryptids and I have yeah. a cryptozoologist. Like, there was the literally yeah. a show that you watched for years about finding Bigfoot, and they never found him, babe. Yeah. I, they never found him. But it's fascinating. Tom's over there smiling. He goes, we got time. We got time. <laughs> it's fascinating stuff, and I, I don't solve any no. mysteries, but I'm really interested. It is very interesting. That's very interesting. That's definitely a... Community college in Link City. Uh-huh. They had a cryptology class yeah, that they, they offered, did. which I thought was really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, keep going yeah. about your book, new book. Yeah, no, it was a different process though, um, as I was saying before, because I mm-hmm. do not have any connection to that material. Gotcha. So it usually when I write, I've already got the story in my head, an outline of book. some sort. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just kind of with this book, I was writing about the vacuum that the vacuum cleaner was the inspiration. <laughs> and in this, I had to really think more about story structure, novel structure, mm-hmm. character development. And that was probably good for me mm-hmm. to yeah. have take a step it's, back. I think it's get really aggressive with that vacuum cleaner. Yeah, violent <laughs> with the yeah. vacuum cleaner. Yeah, vacuum cleaners are you know underrated as um, comic yes. devices. So I, I thought it was good. <laughs> uh, the this copy of the book that I have uh, has a reader's guide in the back, and one of the questions is like, "Is there an inanimate an object that you feel like <laughs> would be a good character?" And to me, I was like, "Yeah, vacuum cleaner seems right. Yeah. I, I think oven as well because." Uh, my husband does most of our cooking now. He's, he's a stay-at-home dad. He's retired Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. And um, he does most of our cooking. But uh, our oven is frequently a thing that I'm like, <laughs> you're just driving me insane. Yeah, yeah. Microwave. That's the other one, too, I would yeah. say. Microwaves drive me insane. Yeah. But now our six-year-old can use it, so it's a little bit yeah. better. Like, yeah. Go make your own pizza, son. <laughs> we have yeah. a robot vacuum that has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. The robot vacuum comes in in this book. Yeah. It has a mind of its own. You'll hear it just, <laughs> like, out of nowhere in the middle of the night. And you're like, ma'am, you're unplugged. <laughs> Yeah, it's bedtime. Bedtime robot. Well, I'm just imagining. I I, this hadn't occurred to me before, but with AI, oh yeah, yeah, pretty soon the the appliances are just gonna they will take care of us. We bought a new um, dishwasher in a lot. 
washing machine. Uh, that was our anniversary present to each other. We're grown ups now, right? So this is, we're running on 13 years. So last year we bought new appliances and I was like, we could get a new fridge too. And I was like, why do we need fridges that like text us? Like, I don't know. I don't think I need to communicate with my fridge. We commune enough right. as it is. Right. <laughs> Clean me now. Yes. So is there anyone you're excited to see here today as an as a reader? Yeah. At the festival? Um, yeah. I'm going to try and catch Anthony Mara. And yep. We're interviewing him later today. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's in conversation with my friend Angie Kim, mm. who moderated my first book event for, for Bookish Very People. Cool. So I'll that. catch them. Um, and then I'll, yeah, I'll see. Mara, there's a lot Mara's book is very interesting. Yeah. yeah I haven't we, read its new one. We but. met him last night as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we were at the author event. You were there. Yeah. yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. Was a but a lot of the other authors, well, he was also at Politics and Press, but I've seen mm -hmm. like a lot of these authors coming through yeah. the store yeah. recently. Well, yeah. yeah. Now, a uh, lot of people are local, so yeah, that helps. Exactly. Is yeah. this your first time at the Annapolis Book Festival? No, I was recalling as I drove out here, I was here for my second novel, Rockville mm. Pike. So that okay. would have been a pretty long time ago. But And what time is your panel today? Two o'clock. Two, two o'clock. Yeah. And if you want to see Susan Call at her panel, two o'clock today. Um, anything else you want to tell us before we end for our um, session? No, that I sounded think, like therapy. Yeah. This was, <laughs> oh, yeah. This was what are you doing? Not yeah. to me, Do you have anything you want to talk about from this past week before we end our session? <laughs> Probably, but yeah. We'll, we'll do that turn off the camera. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a listener's face. So. <laughs> well, thank you well, again thank yes. so thank much for coming and giving your time. Right. Yes. Um, Bookish People, this is the newest book. Um, it is out now. Um, and Susan Call. So, thank yeah. You. Thank, thank you, everybody. So much. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. Hello, beer. <laughs> We're still at the Annapolis Book Festival. We are back again. We are here with Addison Armstrong, author of The War Librarian. Oh. I put in our Instagram, uh, I did a story about this book because mm. this, is, this is so good, guys. The feels, so guys. I have <laughs> the feels. So thank you so much for coming no, today. thank you. I'm so this. excited to be with y'all. Oh, my, my gosh. God. We are excited like big fans and it's contagious yeah it's like when we're when we're both into a book mm -hmm. there's just a totally oh, different vibe different. <laughs> it's a totally different vibe so um a little bit about uh oh addison dang it okay <laughs> oh, there it is. addison <laughs> is an elementary school teacher and author of historical fiction she wrote her first book, The Lights of Luna Park, as a junior at Vanderbilt. No big yes. deal. Whatever. No big deal. First of all, Vanderbilt. she was still a junior, junior. at <laughs> and she was at Vanderbilt, so you know. Well, people act like that's so impressive, but I think it's much harder for people who have kids and who yeah. have, you know, that's full time. And yeah. Classes like, or not. Even, <laughs> it's a hard school to get into, baby. We, we, have a, we have an author friend, Francesca Zappia, who uh, writes YA, and her first book was published when she was a senior in high, high school. school. Like, what? what? Yes. That's incredible. Jesse, you know, baby. Yeah. And she's just like, whatever. It's not a big deal. It's, just it's a big deal. So she graduated twice. You've got married. Mm -hmm. War librarian. You currently live in Manhattan with your husband. Yeah, so been cool. a busy couple of years. So cool. You teach science in and English in Brooklyn and yes. continue to write historical fiction for yeah. adults and children. Yes. I love that. I love, love it. So why don't you give us a quick synopsis, synopsis of, of, the of the World Librarian. Okay. The World Librarian. So yes. it's dual timeline, which is my favorite thing to read. Uh, and the first timeline, it's called, no, is 1918. Emmeline is a librarian in DC. Mm -hmm. And through a series of events, she ends up all the way in France working as a hospital librarian mm -hmm. or a war librarian. Mm -hmm. 
And what she does is prescribe books to the soldiers who are in this hospital. It's a base hospital, uh, but it's very close to the front. It's serving more sort of as an evacuation hospital because mm -hmm. there's just so many injuries coming through. And that's the first timeline. And she has to deal not only with the fact that she's in the middle of a war, mm -hmm. but also all of this censorship that she's dealing with, which yes. I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And mm -hmm. it can go on for, for hours. Mm -hmm. um, as well as there's someone there who she knew as a child. So there's maybe a little bit of romance going on. Possibly. <laughs> and then in the second timeline, it's 1976. It's here in Annapolis. And Kathleen is part of the first co-ed class at the Naval Academy, uh, which, yes, <laughs> it was rough. Rough. Mm -hmm. um, I don't so know how you wrote that without it was, losing it. It was painful. It. I yes. mean, some of it you would think I would, I, you know, I, I wouldn't believe it if I read it in a fiction book, mm -hmm. but I read it in a memoir I of can, someone who, yeah. and, and it, it was true. in the Coast Guard. Yes, so she, she was telling me, boot yeah. camp, all that, yeah. and yeah. I just... It's, it, it it's, was there's it's very triggering. So I will say that there yeah, is some I stuff. Want to give people there warning. is it is very triggering as someone that was in the military. But the accuracy, ma'am, yeah. chef's kiss, yeah. <laughs> as well, the kids you. say. Yeah. So she's dealing with that, uh, and then also with some secrets from her past that are bubbling up. Yeah, and yeah. they intertwine somehow. Yeah, somehow. Somehow. <laughs> You're gonna have to read to find yeah. out. Yeah, I know. So I, I just want to say I am a librarian. Mm -hmm. So I have been a librarian. I was a teacher before. I'm now a public librarian, um, and uh, I've been a member of ALA for my entire career. Did not know there were war librarians for ALA. It's so bizarre. I, I was like, I'm just gonna fact check this. Right <laughs> she made this up. I was right? like, this can't be real. <laughs> Prescribing books, and I was like, holy crap, we yeah. really it's did incredible. that. Yeah, and I was like. So this is this is something I have to share. Historical fiction, not my jam. I, I force like, it on her. Yes, she does. I like contemporary fiction. I read a lot of romance. I read a lot of YA because I'm a children's librarian, right. and so I read YA and children's books and, you know, all over the gamut. My biggest complaint about historical fiction is I just feel like it needs more research. Interesting. I... The reason that I went and did a story about this book, the reason I was like texting our friend Katie and was like, you need to read this book, is I was like, there has not, I have not read a historical fiction book that is this well researched. Yeah. It is so in depth. It is so real. Like the, what, the power of your craft. Like I am so <laughs> impressed. And I saw on um, Instagram, you were talking about how you were excited to be back here in Annapolis because you did your research. Yes. Only a little bit. I, uh, it was closed for COVID most of the right. time, okay. closed to the public. Yeah. So I I could not make it out here. So the bulk of my research for that timeline came from a book by Sharon Hanley Disher, who mm -hmm. was in that first co-ed class. Mm -hmm. And it's, I call it a memoir. That's not really true. It's fiction, but it's based on her experiences. And Realistic experience fiction. Of other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's basically, she said, it's a composite of gotcha. all that. So everything that happens in the book happened to someone she knows. Mm -hmm. She made it one person. And, or two I'm not persons. surprised that that's true because... Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's where I got so much that I never would have. I mean, stupid, stupid things. You have to. I forget that these these were eighteen year old boys. Yeah. Like, yeah. Their yeah. abuse is going to be of the stupid variety. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Our tour guide was interesting. He had graduated the fall or the spring right before the girls started. Mm -hmm. So he was like, "Yeah, it was great. We had girls. Like long, long time overdue." And I was uh -huh. like, "Yes." Yeah. 
But, but so it was interesting that he, you he know, had, maybe he would have been better. His memory had. is a lot more whitewashed yes. of the situation yes. than everybody um, else's. And he was great. He was very sweet. But it was just yeah. interesting that, like, he didn't have to live through it. So he didn't mm-hmm. have to really yeah. know what was going on. And what mm-hmm. did you think, how did you research the other timeline where you're World yeah. War One? So that one was a right? little bit World harder. Yes. yes, World War One. Mm-hmm. So there's not a whole lot about the librarians that actually went overseas. Mm-hmm. Most mm-hmm. of them were in the camps here mm-hmm. in the U.S., um, and most of the ones that went overseas actually went towards the very, very, very end of the war. Yes. Uh, one of the ones who actually did write letters and things that there is some to get from, Mary, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name, which is embarrassing, Isomism. <laughs> but she was a librarian on the West Coast mm-hmm. of the U.S., and she ended up over there, and she actually landed uh, on V-Day. So, wow. So I moved yeah. things up a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which is realistic because there were YMC, or YMCA volunteers, mm-hmm. Red Cross volunteers that served as librarians. Yeah. Um, so for that research, I kind of had to pull from everything. It's like, yeah. this yeah. is what the YMCA cuts looked like. So I'm reading about the YMCA activities. And then this is what librarians were dealing with censorship-wise in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they refused to take the German language books off their shelves, they would get... You know, they would resign. Yeah. Um, totally by choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, so I was pulling Word. from a lot of things. Uh, I also That's how the military rolls. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of tie-ins between the two timelines, just like thematically. Yeah. 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 Um, but the the um, ALA has archives with mm-hmm. pictures, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you came across those in your research. There was some just on the website that was yeah. really cool to see. Yeah. I, um, so ALA... American Library Association, that's our national association, so check that out. Yeah, And it's Library Week right now. So. It is National Library Week! So really? um, <laughs> but there are pictures of the nurses pushing carts through mm-hmm. the hospitals, yeah. and the men have, you know, their legs are bandaged, and they're hanging from the ceiling, the yeah. legs, and, you know, um, just crazy stuff. And so that, a lot of it from there, they have bulletins and meeting minutes published. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of newspapers asking yeah. for donations, yeah. asking for book donations, and then actually the list, the War Department memo of the banned books. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, really that actually leads into that. another really good question. Yeah. So book banning is the center, one of the centers of this book. Uh, it's a personal passion of mine because yes. I'm a librarian, right. and I am 100% in favor of access to information of yes, whatever information you want. Right, yep. exactly. Mm-hmm. No limitations. So I think that your book does a reasonable, like a job presenting a reasonable arg- argument for access to information. So how do you feel about book banning as an educator oh and a writer? Yes, it's so relevant because yeah. people think of the writing and they right. don't usually think of educating. But, but I grew up in Florida. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tom so, did too. My husband's luckily, okay, so luckily that is not where I teach right now or I would be in a lot of trouble She'd all the time. She'd be very frustrated right now. Um, yes, so I mean it's just insane. I totally agree with you 100%. You know, sure, there are things that kids can, should not read without guidance, right. without conversations, right. and without context, right. but there aren't things that kids shouldn't read. Right. right. You know, those Access, are two different issues. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, people say, well, it's not really banned, it's just not at the library. Well, the library is the place where kids get books for free. free. Right. So, you know, sure, you're only banning it for the kids who need it the most. Right. You know, well, those are the only access they In have. the U.S., no book has been banned universally. Right. right. What people don't always know um, is that when a book is challenged, that's the first step, right? Mm-hmm. So they make a request to whomever is housing that book. It can right. be a bookstore. It can mm-hmm. be a, 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 a children's library. It can be Schools, whatever. Public school schools, school library, whatever. public library, yeah. Um, at that point, it's automatically challenged. Someone has officially challenged mm-hmm. it. Now, I'm not talking about those people that go to the school board meetings and just read the books that have the P word in it. And they're like, it says pussy. Okay, well, 
how about some context? Right. But this actually happened in our small, in our, we, oh, ca- we live in a small town in Virginia and that happened there. So, um, so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that really fill out the documentation to say, we do not believe this book is, should be here. So now it's challenge. When it is actually removed from that space, it is a banned book. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer there. You don't have it. It's banned. Yeah. It's banned from that place. Even exactly. if it's not banned universally. From the, yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting because there's this librarian, the main character of your book, is, well, there's two main characters, but, mm-hmm. but um, you've got Emmeline is a librarian who's being told you can't give them these books. And that's what really gave me the story, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was so fascinated by the fact that there were these war librarians. Mm-hmm. So the ALA teamed up with the war department yeah. and they thought that books were a priority in the middle of war. Yeah. Like that was magical to me. Yeah. I was enthralled was by that. I was like, too. in what world? Yeah. Do they, you know, I mean, look at COVID. They closed down, you know, bookstores, yeah. libraries. They're not mm-hmm. essential businesses. Well, in 1917, they thought they were. Mm-hmm. They thought these men need books. Yes. Whether they're in the hospital, whether they're on the front lines. Um, and that was just so, so magical. Mm-hmm. And then in reading about all that, I found that list of banned books. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that significantly reduces the magic. I was shocked that, that LA was, was bending would, to them. Yeah. Because today, it's ALA will not bend. No, absolutely we, not. We will not bend. Uh, so I'm also a member of VLA because I'm from Virginia and I belong to Virginia Library Association. And like our main person there, she's constantly going to the state capitol and advocating for yeah. not banning books. Right, and that's why the image I have now of, yeah. of the ALA, yeah, which I mean, is fabulous. Yeah, that should be. That's what librarians are doing. We're right. fighting. Right. For this it's not access. like sitting behind a desk telling people oh, to hush. No. If you if you think librarians still are wearing like their hair in buns, <laughs> I mean occasionally mine's in a bun. If you think that we're still shushing them. people, you have not been in the library in, in a long, long time. time. I ran a messy play date just a couple of days ago and the room was completely demolished. Destroyed. Like you could tell the babies See, were that's there. That's the best type of library. Yes. Yeah. We have a picture of me in the newspaper when I was like three at the library with my little sister at a pajama party mm-hmm. and yes. a, you know, yes. God knows we were very loud. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but yeah, so it was that banned book list that I yeah. was like, okay, this is what I have to write about. You know, I thought it was interesting. Now I'm hooked because it was just so ironic seeming that they mm-hmm. would be providing these books and banning them. And of course, eventually, as I wrote it, I realized, you know, it's not as ironic as it sounds. It actually makes a lot of sense yeah. because providing those books, the reason they do that is because they believe that books have power. Yeah. And they're banning the books because the, they think that they have power. But it's but the interesting thing is a war later, we were yes. talking about, well, the Nazis were banning books. Right. It's, just, it's like, yeah. remember? And actually, the American Library in Paris had ovens that they said, you can just stick them in there if you oh, need a good... I know, I know. It like hurts. Oh, the pain. And Emily had the same reaction. She was like, I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah. We're going to do what with the books? <laughs> but <laughs> what? Wait, so, what? <laughs> yeah. So um, that sort of becomes one of the crux, you know, the, yeah. the main theme. And, mm-hmm. like, so Emmeline is your librarian but you also have another main character Mm -hmm. we have a woman getting trying to get into the right for the first time ever and i gotta know how much you cried because that like these the being a former enlisted woman i had to take brain breaks yeah Mm -hmm. putting myself in her shoes Mm -hmm. feeling the way she's felt i got harassed i got you know, hazed, whatever you want to call it. Hazed. And it was the early 2000s. Yeah. It's the early 2000s then. And it's that boys will be boys excuse. I right. hate that. Um, it just happens to And while it. it wasn't as severe as she was facing. It was there. 
mm-hmm. was there. And women still are facing, I mean, mm-hmm. the trouble and the problems women are facing today in the military, not so different. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not as extreme. It's not as in your face. It's more behind doors, closed mm-hmm. doors, and we just brush it on the rug and now. We're told not to talk about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just pushed away. And for you to just blast it out there mm-hmm. and remind everybody, hey, this happens. Yeah. Well, this I think fucking that's, happens. You know, that's what fits with that first timeline, right? right? We're not going to censor it. We're not going to whitewash right. it. Right. We're not going to pretend right. it's better so, than it was. And how's I, your yeah, heart? I mean, it was painful. How's yeah. your heart? Painful because this write. is hard. Because it's 1976. This is not 6,000 years ago. No. Right. Right? Like my uncle said, oh, yeah, I remember when it when it um, went co-ed. But yeah. It was just a few years before I was born. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, just a few years before yeah. I was born. And no, I, my oldest is reading it now. She's reading it for school. She's using it for her um, last book of the year. And she's reading the boot camp stuff. And she's like, you were born what year, mom? Yeah. And I go, 83. And so she does the math. And she's like, you didn't get yelled at. And I go, girl, you're going to get yelled at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to, when mm-hmm. you join up, it doesn't matter if you go enlisted, officer. Yep. You have boobs and a vagina. They're going to treat you different. Yep. Yeah. Yes. It was so, so alarming. I, I actually let Molly know ahead of time. I'm like, when you read this, be in a headspace yeah. that you can take it. Because yeah. I knew, um, you know, I, I haven't been to war as a librarian. I feel like <laughs> I go to war every day like, yeah. as a librarian. But yeah. So it wasn't as that way for me. For me, it was like, oh my gosh, this is history of my profession that I yeah. didn't know. Right. But I knew for Molly it would hit different. Right. Um, and it, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's good. So you have a lot of uh, a lot of positive feedback for this book, <laughs> ma'am. So how's that been? Like getting this, like it's exciting. It it is really exciting, and, and I nerve wracking. I'm sure. Well, a lot of the bad feedback is my favorite, actually. I had one person. Gave it a one star read on Goodreads. Good don't read Goodreads. Good I don't usually, but it popped up. Uh, she finished it at without reading the whole thing oh. because she expected a book about women librarians and in the military. That's okay. what it was. That's know. what it was. <laughs> but instead, she got a social justice warrior talking about oh race gosh. and sexism. <laughs> what do you think was happening? Yeah, I know. Look, so I, I wear that as a badge of honor. I'm like, I, that's that's a one star review. I will proudly tell people about. I don't know how you write a book like this without talking about how there were do you men think just, in our country that well, were separated. Racism yeah, wasn't yeah. happening in yeah. the 40s. JK. <laughs> right. JK. Like it's it's crazy. And so I try to put those things in there on purpose. And I try to be sensitive about it. You know, I've right. never lived as a black person, obviously, mm-hmm. much less in 1918. Right. You know, so I don't have Emmeline is not a black woman. You know, I don't yeah. I don't go that you know, I, I, that's not my story to tell, but I, you can't tell these stories without right. including that. Right. I it like how, real. I like how Emmeline tries to go around and like, we're just going to have the book club in their part of the <laughs> Right. Camp. And the fact that there was a their part of right. their camp. Right. And that's another thing in terms of research. It's, mm-hmm. It was hard to document. It wasn't an official rule, mm-hmm. but they tried to keep them separate, but it kind of mm-hmm. depended on who was in charge of the hospital and mm-hmm. basically how racist he was. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. But, you know, they were these seg- segregated units, and they were typically pushed into, they were grave diggers. They yep. were, you know, they, they, not that you really want to be on the front lines of battle, but they weren't given the glory mm-hmm. yeah. um, parts of it. They were, they were doing these menial, depressing tasks. Yeah. And one of the um, characters who's in that, 
unit, the hospital unit, is actually an officer, mm-hmm. and he, he's not separated. He's not like, an the, officer. He's not, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. I actually, my husband's retired military, and I pointed okay. that out to him too. I was like, "Babe," and he was like, "Yeah, yeah. that probably is what happened." Yeah. So. Yeah. What's going on now? Are we writing another book? Or um, are we... I'm actually, you'll be excited, writing a middle grades. <gasps> Yay! We love middle grades. Yeah. So, so can you talk about yeah, it? Yeah, are you on a... I mean, it's very unofficial so far. Like, okay. who even knows if it'll become a thing? It but will be a thing. <laughs> well, thank you. It's about a girl in New Orleans in 1879, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently changed it, so it's currently 1879. It could um, be different in a month. <laughs> well, who knows? And she has albinism. And there was Ooh. something that historians call the ugly law. It was not called that at the time. But if you were disfigured, maimed, uh-huh. all these horrible words, uh, you could not beg in the streets. Oh, oh um, my Or gosh. really walk in the streets because you offended people by existing. Of course. And I yes. mean, I offend people by existing all the time. <laughs> She's we a professional offending Come people. get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so New Orleans was one of the few southern cities, actually, that yeah. had a law like this on the books. It was uh, big in Chicago, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But my grandparents are in Baton Rouge. My mom was born in New Orleans. Okay. So that was it's just such an odd place. Like, it's yeah. just so good for yes. spooky. Like, mm-hmm. so she. Oh, Nola's got that. Yeah, it's whole, got it's everything. Just, it's got it's that. definitely haunted. Yes. For sure. So it's got it's that got Creole, that, backwoods, yeah, witch doctor got, vibe. Yeah. Um, so she can no longer beg. So instead, she gets a job with a medium, because this is, you know, just at the tail end of all yep. the Victorian seance mm-hmm. weirdness. And she is, she plays a ghost mm-hmm. um, for him because. That's what she looks like, according to the Times. You know, they don't think that this is like a normal medical condition. That is um, And then there's a mystery and actual real ghosts involved. And Is it dual time nope. limits too? actually. It's just... Oh, wow. Limits. That's interesting. Because yeah. my kids will be all over that. Oh, my goodness. Because I hope so. Your I, other book, your first book, Luna Park... Was also dual time Was line. also dual time limits. And I just have to say something on a personal note. So our friend, Nurse Katie, read Luna Park first mm-hmm. and then read this one. And she was like, she got all of the medical stuff right. <laughs> Molly said... She got all the military stuff right. I said she got the librarian stuff right. That never happens. happens. You don't. Never you can't get happens. all three of us to agree on a book. I will uh, say I had help. Um, that's okay. The, that's okay. <laughs> that author, kind of research, you need help. Yeah. For the Light of Luna Park, you know, we send it out to other authors to mm-hmm. blurb, and one of the authors got back to us with the Lightly Park said, I don't want to blurb it, but I will correct a couple of the medical inconsistencies. <laughs> and I was like, I should probably be offended, but also thanks. Yeah. I appreciate um, it. Right. You're awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm I glad that you felt very realistic. The Luna Park babies. So bizarre. Never. So can you tell us a little bit about Luna Park? Yeah. And this so, is your first book. Yes. It's also a dual timeline, um, The Light of Luna Park. And the first timeline is 1926. It's about a nurse who steals a baby from the hospital without As the parents do, right? knowing. Right, As know. we do. Um, I said, I'm never going to get a job babysitting again after this story. <laughs> um, and anti-stealing babies, for the record. Um, I'm on the fence. That's a, that's a, that's a good that's a good stand. A good, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that one I'll, I'll go with. But, um, uh, and she does this to take it to the Coney Island baby incubators. On Luna Park, there's this basically a sideshow where this man named Dr. Cooney, but he's not um runs it doctor yeah dr cooney like dr j (laughs) runs it and he charges people to come in and like just stare at the babies um and they do shows you know they put they'll slide a ring a wedding ring over the baby's arm um to show Um. how tiny they are how premature they are and it's like this weird semi-exploitative space that Mm -hmm. people really criticized but for the most part it actually did a lot of good and that's what modern historians and just modern humans have sort of 
all seem to agree on for the most part. He saved thousands of babies' lives because mm. hospitals were not doing it. Mm. Um, partially because it was hard and they didn't have the technology and it was expensive, mm-hmm. but partially because of eugenics. And they yeah. thought these babies are weaklings. Mm-hmm. They are not worth saving. Mm-hmm. They're just going to create Failure to thrive. Failure to thrive. Yes. 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 They're not the, the desirable. Right. Exactly. The fittest. And at Coney Island, they're fitter families contests and better baby contests. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all in that context. Yeah. So that's Althea. She steals the baby. <laughs> and then in 1950 and 1951, Stella is a special education teacher, though, of course, it's not called special education at the time, and it hardly even exists at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a class of, you have to have a class of 10. If there aren't 10 kids in the district, then there's no special ed available. Mm-hmm. So those nine kids so are out of luck. So we have inclusion now. I know. Um, and there were not always, there were not usually 10 kids in the district because mm-hmm. the doctors would say this baby needs to be institutionalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they would even say, it's better for you to just not even visit. It'll yeah. just confuse them. Just, just, you just, just ignore your, your child. child just give him to the government right. and ignore It'll him be fine. for the rest of their life. <laughs> what I, could go wrong? I can't imagine that because my oldest son is autistic. So for yeah. me, I'm just like, I, I mean, can you imagine <laughs> a medical professional telling you there's nothing you can do? You cannot teach this child. I would never cannot, hand a kid over. My, my kid it's, is twice exceptional because he's also like gifted as yeah. well. So he's socially awkward, but he's right. freaking Same. brilliant. He's not. Yeah. Same. Like, he's in the 99th percentile on math. Yeah. He's, he's he a did not get that from me. He did not get that from me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many kids in my classes that, right. yeah. that a few years ago would not have been in my classes. Right. They would have been somewhere else. Absolutely. And they are thriving there. Right. Absolutely. So you're writing and teaching at the same time. Are you exhausted? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tend to. It's nice because I'm not on deadline right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing expected of me. I can write if I feel like it. If I never write a book again, that's okay too. I'm not I will be sad yeah. if you never write a book uh, again. Seriously, okay, so you need <laughs> we to would be it. heartbroken. Uh, but you know, no <laughs> deadline, so that makes it easy to sort of push things back to like really just focus in on the summer and mm-hmm. then do editing and brainstorming and researching during the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did, where I'm at right now. what do your students think about you being? They actually think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Last year in Nashville, my kids did not care at all. I don't think they fully understood that I didn't like. They're like, yeah, we're all authors. We all write books, um, which is great. Which is a great attitude. But I don't <laughs> think they understood. The alpha, gener- the alpha generation is so confident and cocky. Right. So sweet. It yeah. is exhausting. It's but they're little. Though. They're little honey badgers, right? Yeah. And because they're gonna save the world. They. They are. They have or no burn doubt. it down. I'm not sure. Jury's about, still out on that but, one. Um. So how did you? Is historical fiction your favorite genre? Is that how you landed here? Yes, it's always been my favorite to read. I've never really taken any formal. I mean, definitely in school, I didn't take any writing, any, mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. It was just from reading it. Like, I mm-hmm. figured out how it works. So who's your favorite historical oh, fiction geez, then? There's so many. Kate Quinn, Kate obviously. Fiona yeah. Davis is great with the dual timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, Diane Chamberlain is not, like, officially historical fiction, but mm-hmm. so many of them are. Mm-hmm. I love hers. I got a blurb from her, and I was like, ah! A uh, blurb from Lisa Wingate yeah. also is um, Big oh, deal. There are just so many. Literally yeah. any woman who writes historical fiction yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. Like, I love them all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've read, um, Quinn had a, one that was uh, a, a spy. Mm-hmm. The Alice Network. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so I so really good. liked that one, too. But this is better. <laughs> this is better. No sorry. Problem. No, sorry. Because, like, I, I, again, I was like, but I feel like this doesn't. My, yeah. my complaint, we read, we read a historical fiction book. Um, for pod called uh, a discovery of witches. No, 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 not that one. Um, um, the book, the book of lost names. Oh, by oh, Kristen Harmel. Yes. Yeah, I had and issues with it. Really, we were both, we were both like, this we're, doesn't add anything to the genre. <laughs> oh, really? But I love everything. Yeah. See, I this 
adds, I'm, not, I'm definitely not a critic. I'm like, it's a book. I love it. it this <gasps> adds to historical fiction genre, right. which is my that, biggest complaint. Is like, okay, like that, it's all been done. Of, that's the rule. Yeah. Does it that's add? Fair. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. Does it add? Is it helping? Mm-hmm. We just had this conversation actually about American royals. Yeah, American because royals, yeah. it's very much like the selection it's the and selection. royal bee and all that. And while it's there, which the episode hasn't gone out yet, spoilers, <laughs> um, it's not adding. Mm-hmm. So you you belong. <laughs> yes. But be a part. Build right. up. Right. Help the genre. Right. Right. I mean... And that's usually why I don't like historical fiction. Well, my favorite book actually happens to be historical fiction. It's Kill Mockingbird. So okay. it was written in the 60s and set in the 40s. So it's historical fiction. Right. It's yeah. not I mean, just classic. The 70s. That's yeah. Funny. So um, uh, my whole thing is if it was written and takes place in a time period in the past, it's historical fiction. It takes place in the front, present, it's either fantasy or sci-fi. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, because that's my favorite book, and it has this high place for me, I think that's why I usually struggle. That makes but, sense. But again, like, I can't say this enough. I'm really not, I promise you, I'm not just like blowing smoke here. She's I not. You. She does. I don't do take that. take you guys with me everywhere. I don't do that. Like, I finished the book and I texted Molly and said, Molly, I'm going to go and do a reel because I really liked this one. And you want to I called her a liar. I literally called her a liar. Yeah, no, liar. Said, you're not saying you're, you're liar. liar. Like, Lies. Oh my gosh, I'm not though. <laughs> you need to get on this one. It was so good. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, I promise you, we don't do this with everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we are, we kind of pride ourselves on giving honest critiques. Yeah. yeah you're going to get the that. truth. That's something right. I'm not good at. Yeah. So process is a big part for me as a writer. Yeah. So, are you? How do you go about? Do you research first? Are you a pantser? Do you Definitely a pantser. Form it? Oh. Definitely a pantser. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna so backfire. Hard. How do pants two without... timelines and two narrators? Okay, I, mean, I, I, have I know where so it starts and I know where it ends. Now. <laughs> that's about it. For the war librarian, I did have to outline it because yeah. my editors demanded it. Well, not because I wanted to. I mean, well, they the amount did you outline? <laughs> How so cruel, dare they? Right? Rude. Excuse me. Rude. No, this isn't your process. Secondly, go away. <laughs> but with this, you would have to. It's yeah. just the research no, demands it. Yeah. And so, in terms of the research, I usually I'll do like one big deep dive at mm-hmm. the beginning mm-hmm. until I find like the question that mm-hmm. can be at the core of the book that drives the plot. Mm-hmm. So, so the censorship versus the providing the books for Luna Park, this man saving thousands of lives, but also he was a liar. Mm-hmm. He was not a real doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I had that, I could start writing and the rest of the research I would do throughout. Mm-hmm. So what sparked these ladies? Who, who are they for you? Um, Where did they come from? <laughs> Kathleen is a lot like my little sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's graduating from Auburn next week um, with a degree in professional flight like as a pilot. Wow. wow. Yes. Which, uh, much like the military, which she doesn't want to do, you know, she's not doing Air mm-hmm. Force or anything. Um, but it's very male dominated. Yeah. And her class is one third female, which is still very skewed, but you know, it's not mm-hmm. as bad as you might expect. But the instructors and the administration and mm-hmm. I mean, she's um, five foot two. So for a woman, a little bit short, but Petite. not like, not like tiny tiny yeah she can't compared to me she's tiny (laughs) she has to put a bunch of pillows behind her to reach the pedals because they're built for the average male not for the average female so even those like tiny things that you never think about she got pulled aside and got told to wear um less revealing clothing at the airport because it was distracting to the men 
who are flying our airplanes. If they get that easily distracted, I don't want them flying me anywhere. What what goes on in your head and in your pants should not be influenced by the fact that I have to wear clothes that fits my boobs in them. <laughs> and she was, I mean, not that it would matter. She could show up in just skin tight dress, cocktail dress, it wouldn't and that'd be matter. Fine. But she wasn't even. Like she was wearing her normal Rude. clothes. She was like, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. No, no, my yeah. Children. You must, you must be covered. Right. We must not reveal even the <laughs> yeah. ankle. So, so anyway, Kathleen and Ryan, you know, have some things in common. Except mm-hmm. Kathleen is much more like reclusive, not reclusive, but you know, she's yeah. like, I can depend on myself. And yeah. Ryan is very much like, if she, you know, if you're her friend, she will, she will die, mm-hmm. kill for you, die mm-hmm. for you, kill for you both. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's kind of a antisocial version of Ryan, mm-hmm. though she grows to be more social. Um, Emmeline's probably me. You know, she likes books. She doesn't like so talking to people that much. So this was for you and your much. sister. Yeah, in a way. And it's dedicated to her. That's um, beautiful. To Ryan at the front. It's a, you know, little thing about that. So when are you going to write the book about the uh, pilot? I honestly. The female pilot. I truly am tempted. <laughs> You've really got am. to. I was gotta. reading the other day about the first, I think it was the first woman in Australia to get her pilot's license. Mm-hmm. And she was, she did like medical care and like the mm-hmm. outback. She mm-hmm. would drive, fly people back and forth. I thought that was so cool in like the 40s. Yeah. You so, should see some, have you done, done much research on um, Amelia Earhart and her process? No. The, the work that woman put in mm-hmm. to just get close to an airplane, yeah. to even be allowed to look at them really? on the airfield. It's it's all. amazing. It, our boobs mess things up. It's, yeah. you know, How yeah. dare we be born with different genetics, yeah. right? I liked that in the Naval Academy light. You know, the, yeah. the, the the fact that they didn't know how to make a uniform. Right. Yeah. For they made them walk in heels. They made them walk in heels. The skirts didn't fit, or the shirts didn't fit over their hips. And then the the, the purses for the tampons mm-hmm. or for the pads or yeah. whatever. And then they couldn't wear the purses anymore because, because the men they got, got an advantage. Yeah. That it was an advantage. They could carry study materials with them. They had to like literally lob, but off the men the had pockets because they they were getting yes. shin splints from running in heels. Yeah, ridiculous. ridiculous. Um, so there's a I think it's YA, but it might be middle grade book called Fly Girls. Yes, I've heard of it. I haven't read it. But so I've heard that of it. that's a good one because they okay. do. So it's actually about an African American who's doing passing, is what they call it in there. Mm-hmm. She's very fair skinned mm-hmm. and so she's pretending to be white right. so that she can fly. But mm. it's. A lot of the early uh, women who were fly, flying and test pilots, you get a lot of their stories in there. Wow. Yeah, so I'll, have to, that, I'll have to read that's that. A, that's a good one. That's good to know. So maybe I like historical fiction. I don't yeah, know. She does. Here. She just your likes favorite to be hypercritical. Books, historical fiction. Well, it's your favorite, so you have a higher standard. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, might be, I may, might be a little sus. So A uh, little. A little. Just a little. a little sus. So when is your panel today? I already had it. It was You're, at 10. Oh, her panel was at 10. Okay, so if you missed it, mm-hmm. sorry. But there are books to buy. There are books to buy. There is a book sale going on. We're at the Annapolis Book Festival at the Key School. Mm-hmm. There are books here. There is a great book sale, and it benefits the school. So help out. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Just go see them. If you buy one of the books from one of the authors that we're interviewing, like the War Librarian, there may be a sticker in there that says book besties on it ah. so yay for that <laughs> anything else we need to know yeah. gosh i don't know y'all are so fun i just thanks. oh thanks well, you are welcome to come <laughs> back you anytime. anytime i would love to we, yes. we film distantly so okay. you can be in new Good york and hop on with all us all right so. maybe that middle grades one if it ever yeah that'd be great uh, that'd be great so. i mean she has a middle schooler my son's yep. going to middle school next year Oof, good luck I run the Battle of the Books program for our community mm-hmm. for library where I work, and yeah. so you know awesome. we That'll need middle grade books. Fun. So yeah. yeah.
Okay. Thank you, awesome. Addison. Thank so, y'all. Thank you for watching. This has been delightful. I so love fun. your energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Says you. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all. Okay, he's we're just weird. Back, Hi, besties. How is everybody? We are back. We are at the Annapolis Book Festival at the Key School, and now we are with Cece Harrington, Christina. Cece Harrington is her pin name. I don't know what you want people to call you, but we'll call you both. Yeah, no, Christina's good. Christina's good. Christina's, Christina's good. good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's British, so just soak in that. I know, just that, that lovely <laughs> accent. Just soak it in. Um, so we are going to talk to Christina today about her book, Wild Oak. Mm -hmm. um, and just a little thank you so much for being for, here. Yes. Oh, are you thank kidding you. me? This is so exciting for me. I've never been on a podcast, and I've never well, been on anything live. I'm still trying to figure out where I'm looking, but that's okay. That's okay. It's all good. We don't it's know. Okay. We don't either. We, yeah. we, when we started this podcast, Molly had a dream that we started a podcast. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. How do we do that? Neither of us knew. No. We started and we still had no idea. And so, I don't think we know what we're doing so now. We've we're been just doing faking it. For two it. years and we're I like, I just know that we're not disraping. Right? No, we're not disraping. We're not disraving right now. It's not yeah. that kind of show. No, no. it's not that kind of show. Okay. We are at a school. Remember that. Just to be clear, we won't do that when we're not at a school either <laughs> yeah. I'm, yes ma'am I'm, I'm never doing Mom. that in public got yeah. the lipstick going on so all right so let me give you a little bit of information on. about uh christina uh i love i'm a slow reader I like that because mm. I like to absorb and I have to read fast because of the podcast, but I love soaking in the mm -hmm. words. So, um, I am a slow reader. I'm not just saying that. I, I genuinely am yeah. a slow mm -hmm. reader. It takes me a long time to read a book, but I kind of love that. Yeah. Mm. I really, I, I don't want to race through it. And I know, I kind of, when I, when I am racing through something, that gives me a sign that I'm not, it's not really yeah, it's not in there. I'm just feeling yeah. like, oh, I've just got to get to the yeah, end. I yeah, yeah. I do that too because we read a book a week for the pod. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm reading a book and I'm like, okay, I'm just, I don't care. Can I just skip whole chapters at this point? Like this one's You're skimming chapters. You're just speed reading yeah. and you're like, yeah. yep, I yep, put yep, the yep. audio book at, at two speed. I can't like, do that. It's like, talking to me. It's like, it's like having chapter. ants in the yeah. brain if you go faster yeah. than 1.5. Yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> so this is your first book. It is. Yeah. And um, yeah, this book, this is your first book. And it is not only receiving like a wild positive reception from fans, you just won the ALA Schneider Award. No big deal. Which is like, like as a librarian, I'm going... She won the Schneider Award. <laughs> like I feel like I'm not even cool enough to be in your presence right now. Yeah. Like, Are you kidding me? The, I, I I can't believe it won the Schneider Award. I I'm I'm it's brilliant. sort of amazed. It's such an honor. It is, it is. It does. It's a huge deal to to me. Yeah, particularly this award of yeah. uh, you know it's just for the bit to be recognized in that way. It's just amazing. It's amazing to me. And there really. are lots of book awards, and I'm not downplaying any of them, mm -hmm. but the librarians chose you. Yes. Like, that's a big deal. They're book people. <laughs> like, we, our job is to say, this is a book that you need to read, and we, I'm putting myself in there, we picked it. I mean, so. you are in no. the ALA. Yeah, but I'm not on the Schneider Committee. <laughs> I'm not cool like that. No, no, April, it's amazing. It really is. If, if, I mean, I think the amazing thing about, the awards in general is that it helps get the book into more kids' hands. Mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. that, at the end of the day, that's you know that's that's the most important thing. But just as as a writer, it's just incredible. It mm. really is. It's such an honour. Mm -hmm. I cried. I said, "Can we oh, move yeah. on? Because I'm gonna start crying again." Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 Can you give us a synopsis of, book, of your book? Can you tell us what your book is about? Yeah, sure. Um, 
So it's set in 1963 in the UK when it was actually legal to walk into a department store and buy a leopard cub. Bananas. Which kind of blows my I am mind. so jealous. Because yeah. no. everybody here knows very well that Molly would buy a tiger. <laughs> no, she wouldn't. Yes, no, she no, would. No, no. She'd think about it, but she wouldn't. No. actually do. No, I would not let her. No, no. Um, so, tiger would uh, be in my house. Yeah, so it's set in that. So the story is about um, one such cub who gets bought from Harrods in London, the posh department mm-hmm. store, and very pretty much. quickly abandoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's never a good idea mm-hmm. to buy a wild animal because we don't need wild animals right. as a pet in an apartment in a, ho- in a, in a an apartment a London flat yeah yeah, flat. yeah. It, it's not it's not even that big of one it's no. like you know no so in London guys in London yeah, in London yeah, yeah, exactly so in 1963 1963 mm-hmm. that that does not belong there no so and the woman who buys him is is completely clueless and in fact inspired by I was showing a video clip this morning mm-hmm. um, from the British uh, film archives of this woman who is walking a leopard through the streets of London she's wearing That's a fur so coat weird. She's, it, it's, and it's got one of those very sort of old fashioned accents where it's mm-hmm. like oh and she's walking her le- leopard through the streets <laughs> and the, 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 the yeah. it's, it got that yeah. syncade and yeah, exactly yeah. So, so sorry back to the story the story is about one such cub his name is Rumpus he gets bought and pretty quickly abandoned, and a young girl whose name is Maggie. She's 12, and Maggie has a very strong stutter. Mm. This makes it really hard for her to talk to humans, mm-hmm. but she has no trouble talking to animals. Mm-hmm. And the two of them meet in Wild Oak Forest, which in the book is one of the last remaining pieces of ancient woodland mm-hmm. in the UK, and it's under threat. So it's a book about these three threads, mm-hmm. um, a snow leopard, a child, a forest, mm-hmm. humans, animals, and our environment. Um, but it's really a book, it's a book about the nature of communication and understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a book about the power of empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There is a line from your book, and I, we met last night at the other bit, and I told you, um, that I just, I've been saying it to my son who's on the mm-hmm. autism spectrum and that's, uh, be kind to yourself. Being yeah. human is hard. Yeah. Um, and you told me how that, where that came from. So I was yeah. wondering if you could tell yeah. our Sure. Listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, 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 the heart of that line. Um, I think it's, I think the artist actually wrote it. She incorporated oh. it into the cover. Um, hey, the cover is gorgeous. Yeah. Be gentle with yourself. It's be gentle be with human. yourself. Sorry, yeah. I, I yeah. said be kind, but it's be gentle. No, and I, on the back it says, everything speaks, just not the same language on the yes. tree, which mm. is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Which is sort of the, the artwork the is, art gorgeous. is gorgeous. Yes, D- Diana Sudiaka is amazing. Yeah. She's the artist. It's, it's, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that line, sorry to go back to your question. Yeah, uh, I have a, a, a very special friend um, out in Colorado and she was w- walking through the woods mm-hmm. and she would tell you in the conversation that we had, she would tell you that she felt that. She mm-hmm. felt the trees. I mean, it just sounds, it, when I put words to it, it just sounds so sort of woo-woo. No, I but get it. No, I it get really, it. I, you know, I, she felt that the trees were talking to her mm-hmm. and and trying to reassure her. Oh, I get that. Uh, I feel like not, not with the words. Ocean. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I feel that all the yeah. We live, yeah. I live in Calvert County. Mm-hmm. We moved there from Texas, and I grew up 
in the woods. Like I grew up in the yeah. woods of upstate New York. Yeah. So the forest is my happy place. The yeah. woods are my happy yeah. place. And when we bought this house and I go outside, it's like I'm taking this big deep breath. Yeah. And the the forest is breathing with me. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. you're here. Yeah. It's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And it's just it's magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it the forest does that and you have that magic in here. Yeah. Oh, wow. You have that magic yeah, in here. Sure. Thank you. Um, so one of the reasons mm-hmm. that I wanted to pick you as an mm-hmm. author first interview, we were yeah. sent the list of the authors. Yeah. And um, you're a children's author. Yeah. So for me, as a children's librarian, I was like, can we please put her on the list? Because like, <laughs> this is the only one that's yeah. like, I really want to talk to from the children's author perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, and people, so this is my thing with, with children's authors. People have this misconception mm-hmm. that it's not the same level of difficulty to write. Right. It's yes, they do have that. And that's just so far from the that's truth. Facts. Yeah. So I I wondered like what was that like for you when you're like, I'm gonna write a children's book? Like what sort of feedback did you get yeah. initially? Sure. Well, I don't, I think there's maybe two things to respond to there. What one is that um when I started to write and I've been writing for for some time now I didn't sit down with the intention to write for children or young Mm -hmm. readers. Um, For me, the writing process, it really does come from inside. It it comes from, when I began, I think it comes from my 11-year-old self. Mm -hmm. I I really do. Uh, I didn't, I was doing an evening class. Um, My daughter was teeny tiny and I was doing an evening class um, at Brown University. I was just, I needed to get out of the house, and my husband's like, Please go do something. Brown you know, University. Like with, no big deal. With break. No, no, it's the community college. Like, anyone oh. can do it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no, but no. No, 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 anyway, it's community, like the evening classes. Okay, but, but she says that, but she studied English Lit at Oxford. Oxford. So, so <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh. No big deal. No big deal. No, 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 the community college classes, which were amazing, <laughs> and uh, truly. We're not um, picking. We think it's amazing. No, You're brilliant. No, that Anyone could do these classes, and I totally recommend them and I I sat down and I did the first homework assignments I'm so sort of nerdy and diligent Mm -hmm. and um that was just sort of what came out yeah it was the the protagonist was an 11 year old girl Mm -hmm. yeah and I can't write I can't turn it on like a tap yeah so if if so I I, it's just what what came the moment has to inspire I'm the same way yeah if I'm not inspired to write I'm not writing Mm -hmm. yeah the words have to be there I had a um, teacher once tell me uh, my degrees in English and creative writing, mm-hmm. and he said, we write the stories we told ourselves to go to sleep as children. Yeah. I like that a lot. And yeah. he's not wrong. We're writing for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. As an author, that's the first, per- we are our first negative critic. Mm-hmm. Every word we put on page, we are hypercritical of. I'm sure you were a negative Nancy the whole way. I'm sure you're like, oh, this is garbage. I don't I like this. And I'm sure you here. struggled. No, absolutely no. It's, oh my it, gosh. Every author struggles. Yeah, we have H- huge self doubt. Yeah. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Yeah. I've got self doubt right now, sitting here thinking, yeah. what am I even doing? Imposter syndrome is really real. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. It, 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 it's brilliant that we get these still, even mm-hmm. though we're full of these doubts we still get yeah. to put magic mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. And that's beautiful, I think. Yeah. Hmm. 
I don't know what that is. Uh, that might be my phone. Oh. oh. I forgot to turn it That's you could just go ahead and do um, Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's okay. You're it's okay. Not like it's, this is yeah. not the first time this has happened. Yeah. No. Yes, we've done it ourselves. So are you working on anything else right now? Well, so hang on. Let me, let me circle back. So, the, so, you, so the, in terms of people thinking that it's easier to write for children, mm -hmm. yeah, I just don't agree with that. No. Um, and I think that children deserve our very best work. I am mm -hmm. passionate about what stories yes. we have. This argument. Yes. Thank you. Okay, so yeah. we have a friend of the pod, mm -hmm. Francesca Zappia. She writes um, YA, YA mm -hmm. and Eliza and Her Monsters is a spectacular book. Mm -hmm. um, my daughters are obsessed with it. I, I'm sure your daughter will love it. Um, there's this line we quote all the time. There's yeah. a monster inside my head, and she. It controls my doubt. There's a monster in my brain oh. that controls, controls my, my doubt. doubt. Okay, yeah. And that's from Chessy, one of Chessie's books. But mm -hmm. Chessie writes up. Mm -hmm. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't. She expects her children to learn and grow with her. Mm -hmm. yeah. So she will put big words in there. She yeah. will put more yeah. complex feelings in there. And April says this all the time. Yeah. We should expect more from our children's authors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I really liked about this, so. I didn't know when we selected your book, when we selected you to interview, um, which again, thank you. I didn't yeah. know really what your book was about. I mm -hmm. just knew it's a children's author. Yeah. I wanna I wanna interview a children's right. author. Um, so when I started reading your book, and I told you this last night, and I got a little emotional last night. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm gonna try not to get emotional now. Yeah. So I was in speech therapy when I was in elementary school because mm -hmm. I stuttered. And occasionally still, when I don't take the time to slow down, my tongue still catches mm -hmm. and I will fumble over words mm -hmm. and I will have difficulty and it'll tick, like mm -hmm. just like, mm -hmm. just like in your book. And I have to like, I have to like stop and like sometimes I'll clap, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll be like, that's not the words, like I have to talk myself through it. So I'm instantly relating with this character and that is what I want from a children's book. Mm -hmm. I want a book where a kid's like, I've never read a book that I'm in. Yeah. I've never read a book that like, this is okay. This is okay that I stutter. Like, it's absolutely. okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and just like normalizing that that diversity and neurodiversity and all these different things. Like, I'm a mom of an autistic kid. Like, mm -hmm. I need to see that. And mm -hmm. and so for me, I went in like I want to talk to the children's author, mm -hmm. and I came out like we want to read this for battle the books with our system yeah. so i it's just amazing yeah. and i'm so thankful and i i want to talk about your audiobook real quick if that's okay because that's how i read well, your book. well uh, hang on, can we just say yeah. well, i mean thank you so much for saying that i i think it's also it's also really important though that this book for the child who doesn't have a stutter yes and who yes. has never met a child who stutters or perhaps they have met a child who stutters mm -hmm. and they don't know it. Yes, that child is, is struggling important. and it's such a great is message. doing everything they can not to show it. Yeah. And so it's really important from, from both right. perspectives because my hope is that, you know, yes, there's lots of um, information in the back, but my hope is that for a young person reading this book mm -hmm. who doesn't stutter or hasn't met a child who stutters, that they come away with a sense of compassion and understanding mm -hmm. yes and so when they do meet a person that stutters because they will yeah um you then they understand yeah yeah absolutely you're completely right um when i became a librarian uh it, it's 
still a work in progress, I mm -hmm. think, but children's literature has become more diverse. Um, but there was a real need for diversity. Mm -hmm. And one of the yeah. things that we were learning about in library school and, you know, other librarians were talking about was mirrors. Mm -hmm. Like kids need mirrors of themselves. And like my thing now is they don't just need mirrors. Mm -hmm. They need to see people who are different than them mm -hmm. yeah. in whatever capacity that is. If it's color, if it's ability, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they need to see it normalized. Mm -hmm. uh, orientation, gender, whatever. Like it needs to be, these are just people. Yeah. Like I am more than just, like Maggie is more than just her stutter. Mm -hmm. Yep. She is a person with compassion. She uses books to help rumpus when, and I was just like, oh, she used books. Like she, she's a person that is misunderstood because people only want to see that part of her and that she's trying really hard to hide. But when she gets to be herself, yeah. when she gets to be herself and when she's with her animals, she is a person that is so admirable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something I think as a writer, that's really important, you know, whatever, um, whatever character you're creating that it this is a human being on the page yes this, this it's it's a fictional person but this is a human being and oh we talk about characters that are like they're real people they're all human. the time yeah. they're human to absolutely us. absolutely so you know it was really important and i felt that it was one of the things one of the few things that i knew right from the beginning that mm -hmm. um maggie stutter is part of who she is mm -hmm. it's a big part of who she is and, and forms so much of of who she mm -hmm. is but it doesn't define her. It's not yeah. all she and is. It's not all she is, and it doesn't hold her back. That's that's I knew, actually. I knew that. I knew that. That's how it mm. would begin, but I also knew how it would end. Yeah, mm. and that's yeah. one of the things we talked to my son about. Our son about my husband's behind the camera now. Um, when he was officially diagnosed with autism at seven, um, we sat down with him to talk to him. We never. We've only started calling it autism within the past year because at the time he just thought, well, I'm different. Like, I don't understand. And, and it was hard to explain it. But now he's asking more questions. So now he knows the word autism. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, it doesn't define who you are. Mm -hmm. You are my son. Mm -hmm. You are so much more than this. He's just this big ball of just, he's light. He's yeah. so and amazing. He's amazing. He's magic. I like to say he's magic. He's also on the, he's also gifted. So he's this, this He's Sheldon Cooper, but he's Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> he really is. Um, he's just amazing. He's all math and science. -y. He doesn't have great social skills, but but um, human beings are complicated. They're complicated. And, and, you know, as a character in in a book, I think when you really get drawn into a book, yeah. it's when you really care for the character. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the character has to be complex and rounded yeah. and exist on the page in all of those different ways. Absolutely. Maggie loves animals and she loves to read and she's thoughtful and she's a city kid mm -hmm. and you know, she gets to the forest and, she, and she's never been in a forest like mm -hmm. that. And yeah. so there's all sorts of things um, that go into you know creating a, yeah. a, a character mm -hmm. and how in the forest in your book becomes yeah. a character as well. Yeah, it it has yeah. a it has a life. It has a presence. Yeah. It's not a setting. That's it is beautiful. a character. I love that you said that. That thank you. That means uh, so much to me. We love. Thank you. I'm all about that. it. We love yeah. that. We love. Uh, we love a setting that becomes. Yeah, I, I, yeah. discovery yes. of witches. Yeah. The bishop house. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and and. Um, my grandfather was also named Fred, so oh, Fred no being was like, oh, her grandpa Fred. So somebody asked me the other day, um, w w would you ever like the book to be made into a, a movie? Oh, yeah. And oh. if you would, this was a young reader who asked this, who would you like, you know, what movie stars would you yeah. like? And I thought, oh, brilliant question. 
Yeah. And then I thought, perhaps, it, you know, I shouldn't make it look as if I've thought about this. But I have thought about this. Of course. This. Yes, you have. The person Absolutely. that I would love to play Fred would be Bill Nighy. <gasps> yes! Oh, my gosh. I just love him so much. Have you ever seen um, uh, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel? Yes. Him and that. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. I just love Bill Nighy. Yes. Yes. Yes, now that's so what's we'll in my put head. Put it out into the universe. Because it, it was my grandpa the, the whole time you? I was reading it. I was picturing yeah. my Fred, but yes, that's who mm. it is. So <laughs> other than doing press for this, what, mm. what do you have going on? Are you working on anything else? I am. Um, it's been busy. Uh, mm. Things have been... I, I, this, the response to the book has been amazing. It, well, it's a brilliant mm. book. Um, You're I, a brilliant well, author. I, the, I mean, there's the, a huge amount of luck that goes into it. Um, Absolutely. It's definitely <laughs> Absolutely. been busier than yeah. I expected. So I'm. It's it's a little bit slow going on the new one mm-hmm. right now. I mean, but that's, that's okay. writing in general. That's okay. Yes. Yes. Mm. Um, I do have this guy's this this. Can I just share this guy? Yes, yes please. So he's sort of my lucky. He's like one of my um, my lucky charms. Um, the World Wildlife Fund has this program where you can adopt a snow leopard. Yes. So look it up. Um, we'll if put it in our young, links. Yeah. yeah. If you've got a young reader that enjoys the book, uh, that that's something that 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 you, you can, can tag do. along with yeah, it. Yeah, which really helps. Yeah. Um, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's I, it's such a wild story that you could buy exotic animals from the, well i said it's true That's i know true, right you yes know and yeah. i loved your author's note at the end loved your author's note where you talked about um your inspiration for this book um and and i just thought that really added as mm-hmm. well like, yeah i i love author's notes by the way that's like one of my jams is like yeah. reading author's notes i mean i do i was worried that it would you know sort of going on and on to people really want to know but actually I think in this instance, it, it, it is helpful. It's in, mm-hmm. in all cases, in all three threads, because I wanted to share um, where this kernel of inspiration for Rumpus mm-hmm. came from. And um, are we okay for time? If we, cause You're fine. fine. You're oh, good. Okay. Good. You're good. So one. Christian the Lion, do, have you heard of Christian the Lion? Yes, I was actually yeah. going to mention that. Yeah. Yes. If you haven't seen this gang, it's on YouTube. I'll put it in the links. Yeah, but this man links. adopts a lion cub. And then takes it back to Africa later and as a cub to, you know, set it back. The lion remembers him years well, later. Well, he bought these two, yeah. uh, the, the, the two men buy the lion cub from Harrods, mm-hmm. from the pet yes. kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then they take... So, yes, but that's part, part, part of what my inspiration, where it came from, was mm-hmm. because I was reading about Christian the Lion and they take him home. They feel sorry for this cub, mm-hmm. so they take him home. And then there are these photographs. I'm forgetting the name of the photographer now. And um, but the but the but the pictures are amazing yeah. of this cub in their apartment. And you, you it's like this elaborate, this. big, gorgeous apartment too, right? But it's it's very clear yeah. that mm-hmm. you cannot keep yeah. this line and and how right. appropriate that is. But for Christian, his story ends incredibly. They work with George Adamson, mm-hmm. the conservationist, who I think comes into their shop. They're selling yeah. secondhand furniture and this and George Adamson just walks into their shop mm-hmm. and so they're able to work with him to get mm-hmm. the lion cub released into the wild of Kenya and I was thinking well how many lion cubs did that happen to you yeah not many I'm sure so that's what started mm-hmm. my imagination well what might have happened where are they right what might have because happened the to parents a, to a did cub? sell a lot of wild exotic yeah. animals yeah. Yeah. elephants yeah the Why? queen bought an elephant for one of the princes, and it's in the zoo today. Is it? 
Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, I read it. I'll put it in the notes if I can find it uh, when I find it. But she had bought him an elephant as a birthday present and they put it in the London Zoo. Oh, oh, was that, oh, oh, I thought that was to an American president. I might have got that wrong. I thought it was the queen with were, one of the I do princes. Know. There were armadillos. Yes. There were alligators. And they had bought like a bunch there of were, animals at the. They're pro- to be to be fair and honest, there probably weren't snow leopards, but mm-hmm. there were leopards and cheetahs. Yeah. So I did I, ring I think, I think there were snow leopards. I'm here. Yeah, let's we're here. We'll for it. It. We're going to keep this part and, of fiction. And, and I have to say. Um, <clears throat> Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is what's happening. Yeah. Um, I loved being in the forest with them. Yeah, yeah. And um, was this a familiar backdrop for your childhood? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So, um, well, I, I'll get to that, but just, I just want to say I rang Harrods because mm. I tried to find out, did they have any records of like, oh, the yeah. receipts oh, yeah. or the... Or like, what happened? You bought a you yeah. Bought a like, did you guys buy them in bulk? Was there an instruction leaflet? Like, what did it so come? So th- I was really hoping I could find something in their archives department, but they but they didn't have anything. They yeah, don't want, they don't want they don't want people to know. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but the forest, yeah. So I grew up in the, in the English countryside mm-hmm. in a village. Um, I was outside a lot. My brothers were much bigger than me. I was barefoot a lot of the time outside. Same as that. Um, I love the I love to climb Just not trees. in the English country. I can even feel it now. Like if I shut my eyes, I can feel the, what a tree trunk, the bark feels like against my bare feet. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a particular kind of feeling. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was. And then the inspiration for Wild Oak Forest mm-hmm. is there's a there is a place in Cornwall called mm-hmm. the Roundwood, mm-hmm. and it's owned by the National Trust, so it's mm-hmm. free. It's open to the public. Um, it's a small kind of forest, a woodland, and it's just such a beautiful, special place. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the inspiration in my mind, um, but I just had to imagine it. I tend to, to be able to visit in the summertime, mm-hmm. so I was having to mm-hmm. imagine it in the snow in 1963. It does not yeah. normally snow in Cornwall, mm-hmm. but it did in 1963. Wow. The, the big freeze was a thing. The Thames yeah. froze over. Yes. That was all. And then the other... People often ask, why was it set in 1963? Mm-hmm. And part of that is is because all yeah. of the, the cat stuff was, was, was true and that mm-hmm. was happening at the time. But also, Rachel Carson had just published Silent Spring in America. Mm-hmm. And um, this big freeze was happening in Cornwall. So mm-hmm. this was, you know, it was the, the beginning sort of of the environmental movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I just felt... Um, like it, you know. I needed that. I needed that mm-hmm. place to be real and rooted in a real time and, and space. And because you've basically made it a character, I feel like I've been there. Yeah. I've oh, never been there, but I feel like yeah. I've been there. Oh, uh, it's really. Oh, you're gonna make me cry now. That's just lovely Don't to hear. Cry. Yeah, no, no, that's great. That's great. Um, but that's my hope, and that's what we do, isn't it? We travel through books. Yeah, yeah. I call yeah. myself a fantastical traveler because mm-hmm. that's what that's what books will do. That they will take you yeah. to other places. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I've never been to space, but I've read a lot of books that take place in space. Yeah, I get a bit, I get a bit spooked. Andy Weir knows what he's doing. (laughs) Oh yeah, if you want to dive into sci-fi, that's that's probably our favorite, Andy Weir. Um, So I'm sorry, I 
Can I go back and we yeah. talk about the audiobook again? Yeah, sorry, that's right. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yes, no. yes. Uh, so audiobook. the audiobook, yeah. um, it's fantastic, especially yeah. if you're audiobook fans. Like Molly and I read a lot mm-hmm. of, on audiobooks. This is something that she talks about on the pod a lot. She's dyslexic. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. That's, that's the way that she accesses books mm-hmm. a lot of the time. I just love to be com- my commutes long, yeah. so I love an audiobook to, on my commute. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really liked about your book is Rumpus's part is third person. Yes. Maggie's part is first person. That's right. Um, and and the narrator nails both of them. Yeah. And it won an Audible Award. It did. So, I just want to, like, cheers to Camelia O'Grady. She's mm-hmm. the narrator, the Did you get to pick who, your narrator? So I, I, I kind of did, That's yeah, awesome. which is amazing. It's um, nice to have that control, y- especially when it's your words going out into the world. Yeah. Yes. Well, I worked the... Um, director of audio at, at Scholastic is an amazing man and so we he sent me two or three auditions mm-hmm. and the one thing that I had said and I'm I'm not that kind of like diva person that's like it has to be no 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 and I'd like some ice water with grapes and no, no, no. <laughs> um only blue M&M's yeah M&M's. yeah no uh, we didn't get our blue M&M's just so everybody knows <laughs> um no but I the one thing I said was if it gets released on audiobook, uh-huh. um, it needs to be an, a narrator who is British Facts. and who is a person um, that stutters now or who mm-hmm. had stuttered as a child. Mm-hmm. The audio piece of that have was really important. I did not want it to be somebody doing a, a British accent or mm-hmm. somebody... Faking a stutter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I love that you did that too because that's... that's authentic we right? don't want yes. dick van dyke anybody um, dick van dyke reading it you know camelia camelia did an amazing job uh, she really did mm-hmm. because it's hard also there are these some of maggie's passages it's hard and so mm-hmm. um yeah i just mm-hmm. i was so excited when it won that award yeah. i just she really deserves it and it, all the production mm-hmm. team everybody at scholastic and ben apple it was just it really was, it was very good terrific yeah, yeah. and um so Local libraries. Yeah. We love local libraries on Book Besties. I yes, we do. I borrowed it from Hoopla, um, so it's probably on your Hoopla since that's how they curate mm-hmm. their collection. So you know, check it out there. But also buy the book because support, it's beautiful. Support our author friends. Um, but uh, yeah. So um, sorry. Current writing project. Did we talk about? Yeah. Yep. Slavery They're all running together now. Yeah. No, no, you're good. You're good. good. We uh, talked about that. Um, what? Okay. What is one thing you hope readers of Wild Oak will take away from your book? Oh, it's such an interesting question. It's such a good question and a difficult question because I feel that every time a person picks up a book, mm-hmm. they are bringing their own mm-hmm. unique, individual lived life and experience to that Facts. to mm-hmm. that book. So. I find this question hard to answer because I hope whatever it is that you are needing mm-hmm. as a reader, maybe you're a child, maybe you're a child that's never left the city, maybe you're a child that lives in the countryside mm-hmm. or you're a child who stutters or, you know, it, depending on who you are, mm-hmm. I hope that you get whatever you need from this book. Mm-hmm. I will say that I hope that for whoever you are, adult, young, wh- wherever you're coming from into this, into this story, that you leave with a sense of belonging, mm-hmm. that you feel whoever you are showing up in this world that you belong, and that there is a place for you exactly as you are. You mm-hmm. are part of this world, and there is a place for you. She gave me that lesson today. Mm-hmm. I did. 
She gave me that uh, lesson today. I did. I mean, I, I as an adult still need it. <laughs> we, yeah. Okay, we'll do. We'll do. So, mm-hmm. snow leopard, favorite animal? Oh, good question. It's, it's really hard because I grew up with cats. I had two cats. I didn't know this. I only thought about this the other day. I grew up with two cats that kind of looked like this guy, farm cats, um, that were gray. And they were called Bonnie and Clyde. Nice. Um, and I absolutely love them. Bonnie knew, like, she would crawl up the side of the house to where my window was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, they kind of looked like Rumpus and Rosie. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a child, I would have said cats. But now my hubby's allergic to cats. Oh. And we've got this lab, and I love her to bits. Oh, and we've also just got a new puppy who's mm. an absolute scout. Yeah, Super having a second dog is amazing. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is a good idea. Is it? Are they? Yes. I have two. Please, please be turn, on my side for turn, this one. I'm trying to convince him we need another dog. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> we have a very it's large no St. Bernard. It's so. <laughs> work at all. It doesn't turn you on. I've done. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's such a scamp. He's a tiny little border terrier, and he's uh, so mischievous. Oh, yeah. He's so jaunty. He's got so much sort of swag about yeah. him. They're um, confident, those little yeah, ones. Yeah, they and always he's so are. Cheerful, and he brings such sort of um, swagger into the room. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I'm going to say that a snow leopard is my favorite animal because they're well, spectacular. I, my favorite animal now is a hippo, but when I was in elementary school, I had to do a research project on an animal that was at our Columbus Zoo uh-huh. um, because we were going to the Columbus Zoo, and I picked snow leopard. Did so you? I'm pretty sure, no. Christina, you and I were just supposed to wow. meet at some point in our oh lives. Oh, my goodness, that's so amazing. I know, yeah. They really are spectacular They are awesome, creatures. yeah. They're, yeah. they're so, like, nimble, is that the word I'm looking for? Like, they're yeah. just able to, they pounce like cats, but they also, yeah, they track through snow. Like that's yeah. And their tails are amazing in terms of their balance, so yeah. it really helps them. But um, I don't know if we talked about this, but I, when I was researching the book, mm-hmm. I went to interview a zoologist mm-hmm. um, at a conservation-based zoo in Colorado where they had uh-huh. a, a snow leopard, and his name was Bhutan, and it was amazing. I got to sort of be up close with him. Mm. And um, fun fact is that she uh, showed me w- when it was time when he was hungry. She showed me how to feed him with um, chopsticks and raw meatballs. Yeah. And that is why Rumpus, for real, in the book, Eats loves meatballs. Meatballs. Because that's that's all yeah. that's all true. But she um, read early drafts of the book and was going through sort of. The, the rumpus sections and really looking at his behaviors mm-hmm. and what was helping you know, with mannerisms and stuff that's awesome yeah yeah exactly so the more i learned about them i mean they just are really beautiful and mm-hmm. amazing creatures yeah and that's actually one of the reasons why i really liked that his part was third person yeah um, because i think your book gets comparisons um to the one and only ivan which oh, is an yeah. animal in captivity and it's first person also middle grade um but that book being all in first person, I felt like that was harder for me to be, I found it less accessible, even though you're in his head. To me, being the person on the outside who's reading Rumpus's story Mm -hmm. that way, it was more like I was involved in the story, but I was removed enough that it felt like it's an animal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, that's a conscious decision on my part. I thought really hard about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, one of my favourite books growing up was Watership Down. Yeah, it's a great book. So you know, the rabbits are anthropomorphized. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are, they are, they might as well be yeah. humans. I mean, I can, I can still hear Hazel's voice. You know, um, and I didn't, 
I didn't want to do that with this mm -hmm. because this book is about understanding and communication. Mm -hmm. It's it's mm -hmm. everything speaks just not yes. the same language. It would have yes. for this book. I don't think that would have been the right thing for me to do. It would have missed I, the point. I 100% agree. What the story it is takes to, to I 100% agree. And when I was talking to my uh, partner in the Battle of the Books selection, yeah. and she was like, oh, so it's like one and only Ivan. I was like, it's not, though. No. But it's it takes not, skill though. to jump from third person to first person oh, and yeah. back to third person. Because oh, yeah. confusing those voices and getting that writing right is it's hard. Good, mm. good ups on you. So your next book? Is it also two narrators? Is it also historical fiction? No, no it's it's not. Um, and I'm it's too early. This I'm too early. Too it's too early stage for me to to, to talk about it. We'll talk about it off camera, uh, and you guys don't get to know. <laughs> but we're friends now. <laughs> we are friends now. Um, but yeah, I you know it's funny. I I I was saying earlier today. I I don't write with that intention of the, um, mm -hmm. this book is going to be X Y Z. And so it just sort of comes from a different place. I sometimes feel I really love uh, Liz Gilbert's book, Big Magic, mm. for any writers and creators out there that are having wobbly moments or struggle with mm -hmm. self-doubt. Um, Big Magic is a fantastic book. Is it? And she talks about this idea of the story is looking for a teller. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel. You know, yeah. if you're open... Um, it, it, I'm serving the story. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not what I'm the, setting out I'm to do. I'm the vessel for that idea. Yeah, I, I'm not setting out just for me at least. Mm -hmm. You know, can I speak for myself? I, I, I'm not setting out to write a story with two narrators or with, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's that's particularly for this kind of reader. Or it's it's just not how I work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us while mm. you're here? Um, it, this is just so amazing, you guys. I, I I'm so excited to be here. I, I we're we sitting here. Well, no, yes, it's amazing. Yeah, it's thank, you. thank you. We get you, to, you, to fangirl over yeah. authors. Like oh. that's that's the dream for us. No, so. It's, so well, thank you for spending the time. Enjoy the festival. Thank you so what, much. Uh, since you are from the area and yeah. have been a part of the festival before, yeah. what's what's something advice for a first timer? Oh, I mean. There are so many great discussions, so many of the panels. You can mm -hmm. turn up pretty much at any panel and then walk out having learned something interesting or valuable or thought-provoking. So I, I love the kind of idea of like a, you know, a pick-a-mix bag where you're mm. just sort of going just jump in and maybe you yeah. don't know anything about it. That's awesome. But I would say the second-hand book sale. Yes. Because, you know, I, there is that sort of stereotype of of um i don't know sh shopping for certain things for, yeah. for me i i love a secondhand book sale yeah. i really do i do too yeah. <laughs> i have a yeah. favorite yeah. secondhand bookshop um, where we live i love looking to for dedications mm -hmm. oh, so yes. if a book is written like if it's given as a gift and i find it in a secondhand yes. store i'll buy it yes. because i like that, that memory is still that important. Was there. That yes, was important to that, yes. that the previous line mm -hmm. of that book. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, Christina, thank, thank you, you again so much, so much for being here with us. We appreciate uh, it. The book is Wild Oak yes. by CC Harrington Christina. Yes. Um, and we've got Rumpus here, of course. Um, it's great. It's it's a it's a children's book. This is for anyone. Anyone can read this. It's a really good read. And I, I do not say that about every book. I really don't. Please thank believe you. that. Thank um, so thank you again. We are, have one more live this afternoon with Anthony Mara, who mm -hmm. is actually the keynote here. 
today at the Key School at the Annapolis Book Festival. Thank you again. We'll be back, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Annapolis, the Annapolis Book Festival. Book Festival. <laughs> we are here with Anthony Mara right now, and this is our last live of the day. Um, and you are the keynote as well, right? I. That's what we were told. We were told you were the keynote. I, oh, well, then I guess I am. He's the keynote. Maybe. He's the, maybe. maybe. We, don't, we don't know. We we're don't know. not sure. He yeah. didn't get a fancy <laughs> button or anything, so it's <laughs> sus. We do, know, <laughs> we do know he's the author of this book here, Mercury Pictures Presents. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to talk to you a little bit about this, and you have two other books. Two other books. And so um, so thank you so much for yes. coming on and thank meeting with so us. Much. Thank I you mean, so much for having me. This so is cool. So I'm not sure if you all know out there, but... But you guys have been doing this for like two years, ten two. hours today. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> we've been we, we were here very early. <laughs> we got here. Else yeah. arrived this morning, and yes, we, we set up. Tom set I'm up. I'm tired. We, yes. we watched yeah. Tom set up. Yeah, <laughs> because if we tried to help Tom set up. He said, don't touch that. <laughs> he has a system. And that part of that system is us not being here. Yes. <laughs> a key a key part yeah. to, yes. uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, this is a lot of extroverting. Like, I feel like even Molly's tired at this point, and mm -hmm. she is our extrovert. Like, yeah. The, I pulled her out of the dinner last yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I think, like, so I, I'm a very introverted yeah. person mm -hmm. as, as well. And, and I think, like, one of the reasons that I, I've gravitated towards writing as, yeah. as a field is that I can just sort of lock myself yeah. Well, your invisible you know. friends talk to you. Exactly. But then, yeah. I love my imaginary friends. They're freaking awesome. But then how dare they? Your publisher is like, but you also have to go market this. Go do the things. But I already gave you the product. I gave you the book. Why do you want more it? of me? <laughs> so a little bit of information about Anthony Mara. He is the New York Times bestselling author of The Czar of Love and Techno. And which is such so a wild name. I love it. Every time I hear it, I giggle a little bit. It's awesome. And a constellation of vital phenomena. You are long listed for a National Book Award, which is amazing, and winner of the National Book Critics Circle's John Leonard Prize. Wow, that's mouthful. As well as Anisville? Anisville? How do I say it? I don't know. Sure, the Wolf Book Award in fiction. <laughs> His latest novel is Mercury Pictures Presents, which is actually the book that Molly and I read, mm -hmm. um, and it is historical fiction. I know, which, you, your favorite. I know. Uh, your favorite. <laughs> she is not genre. a fan of. You know what's really funny? So, you are the fifth author we've interviewed today. Addison was historical fiction, Anthony's historical fiction. CC was historical fiction. So Nina five, was too, and she didn't and make it. And we had a sixth one who's out six. So we, of the books, three of the five were well, I, I, I can only apologize to you on, 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 on my and, 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 and my no, The rest are my fault. I picked most of them. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally fine with it. I'll read whatever Molly picks. I'll just, yeah. Sometimes I'll complain about it. But, you know, I it's fine. There's more to this book than history. Yes. And also, it's Hollywood is the backdrop, which is, like, super really interesting. cool. Really cool. Super interesting. It's a really interesting choice, especially for the setting. Yeah. And the time frame. Yeah. I think I think that, like, settings... I don't know. I'm curious what, what, what you think as, as a fellow writer. Like, I feel like the setting determines so much of, of it does. the book in terms of, like, the possibilities it does. Well, and, it, and it can tone. Set, it can and, set your tempo, even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If... You write with music, or you're a writer that writes by doing uh, research. It really depends, and it sets the tempo. Like, I instantly will go to music. 
I go to media from that time frame. I have a book that I haven't finished. It's about uh, bootlegging mm. and in Vermont and how they created this hotel to bootleg out of. Mm. But I did all this research about it and I started listening to music from that time frame and that set the pace for how my my characters just related in life. Yeah. And it's a very interesting path because you have a very interesting tone in here. It's a very interesting tone. Honestly, I thought they were short stories that you put together. <laughs> so do you want to give us a synopsis yeah, of your absolutely. book before we start uh, diving in a little bit further? Yeah. Just tell us what your book is about. Yeah, so it's 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 called Mercury Pictures Presents, yeah. and it is set in Los Angeles and Italy, but, but mostly Los, Los Angeles, Angeles. In, in the 1930s and 40s, and it's... Um, it's set in this sort of B-movie studio called mm -hmm. Mercury Pictures that becomes the um, uh, sort of the, the nexus for this community of European mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. refugees who moved to California in, in that era. And mm -hmm. it, it focuses primarily on a character named Maria who is, um, I, I imagined her as, as like Rosalind Russell's character in yeah. His Girl Friday, only yeah. Yeah. Um, a bit more salty and a lot more. Yeah, I get She's that salty. Fun. You got the salty. Yeah. Very salty. <laughs> She's very, very and she has salty. reason to be salty, yeah, my girl. For sure. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so it's, uh, it's kind of this, um, this wide-ranging book that, that looks at, at all of these um, characters who've come from, you know, across, uh, across Europe, across the world, mm -hmm. and end up in this one ramshackle studio yeah. uh, uh, when World War II begins. It's a wonderful hodgepodge of how... A wonderful hodgepodge. I feel like, put that on the cover. Yeah, <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> hodgepodge. Yeah. Because there are so many storylines, you don't think they're going to intertwine. Mm -hmm. But they just magically... Yeah. You just have to wait for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love. I, I mean, I, I I love that sense as a reader when you're mm -hmm. reading, um, uh, when you're reading I'm a sorry, novel, Tom. and you can feel the um, these 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 all of these parts that shouldn't go together mm -hmm. and that seem like yeah. you know they're kind of um, just. Uh, just flapping in the in the breeze, and yet they they gradually entwine yeah. and, and yeah. sort of weave a tapestry. I love that feeling. Yeah, and I mean, you literally stop in the middle of a paragraph and flash back to Italy, and then come back to Hollywood. It's like in in it's like a memory paragraph. Like it's yeah. it's happening. It's like, like a memory at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I I mean that's how we think, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that's you're living your life. You flash back. You're right back to where you were. So. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, I, I think old Hollywood is awesome for a backdrop. It's mm -hmm. just a great story um, to tell. And there's Period. so much history there. Yeah. Um, and I, there's another book right now that we've read that <laughs> is doing well. Evelyn Hugo. The Which is number three download, right, by the way. Yeah. It goes the first episode, Jurassic Park Gang and Evelyn Hugo. Yeah, well, I don't know Jurassic why, y'all. Jurassic Park. What? 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 Why? Why? What? We'll talk what? about this letter gang, but. What? Why? Why? You have an episode on Jurassic Park? We do. Yes. And it's like fighting for first place constantly. Really? Yeah. Yes. It goes our first episode, our first book fight. Jurassic Park, Evelyn Hugo, and then Jurassic Evelyn Park Hugo. are like fighting, they and love. they're in different seasons. Because like I wouldn't have thought that there would it's, be a many crossover readers. It's right, like, yeah. it's right. I think it's more of our personalities in that episode. Those episodes, mm. I've re-listened to both. It's we're talking about our personal lives. We're bouncing back and forth. We're talking about the potential of in Evelyn Hugo. It's the potential of a movie or a show, right? Mm -hmm. And in Jurassic Park, we're talk we're doing a comparison contrast of the books. How we interpreted the books from the movies because we grew we up with the movies. Yeah. English homework for them. Yeah. That's what happened. Hold on. So, what what did what, what was your verdict on on Jurassic Park the book? 
Um, I, so I love the movies growing up. Like that was like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. graduated in 2000, so like yeah. mid nineties, that, that was a movie, right? I was in middle school when it came yeah. out. So yeah. But, uh, the book, I, so I have, my issue with it is it's both too long and mm-hmm. also so good at giving you all the in-depth information. Yeah. yeah. Like I loved all the science talk in it. Mm-hmm. I loved all the math talk in it. See, and math is not my the thing, math but goes science over. was my thing. I my eyes glaze over. All I'm, of the chaos yeah, theory. Like yeah. I, I'm good with the death and the murder and the crazy <laughs> animals, but as soon as you start putting infographs in there, murder yeah. over yeah. math. Yeah. Murder, murder over, over math for Molly. <laughs> I mean, I, I I ask in part because, you know, I want this episode to yeah. so so if we can ride the coattails <laughs> of, of of the yes. Jurassic Yes, but yes. also like like Michael Crichton was 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 like maybe my gateway yeah, you know author as yeah. um you know I'm 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 uh, I was brilliant. born in, in 84 and, yeah. and so like Jurassic okay. Park like the um like that that was a huge book for me yeah. and and I just remember as a kid like I devoured every single book of his yeah. you See, know when it that came was out. um that was good omens for me in middle school mm. I opened good omens and I saw Neil Gaiman's writing style and I go this is what I'm doing with my life yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't really so, like good omens. We had we, an episode we, on that yeah, too. too. <laughs> so, why tell a war story in Hollywood? Well, so I, I, um, you know, I, I think that we've all probably read far too many World War II novels, right? Uh, that's like, like, and that's a thing. That's, that's why I don't like historical fiction because I'm always like, it doesn't add anything. Mm-hmm. Like this is the same thing. A lot of historical romance, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. woman on the cover with walking away. Why is that always a thing? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Like, uh, G- give us a face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. No. And 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 I, I I feel similarly. I mean, you can't walk into a bookstore without trip, tripping over a stack of yeah, novels right. set in, in World War II. Um, uh, and yet, I, I had never sort of seen um, a novel about the role that Hollywood played in, yeah. Yeah. in sort of selling the the war to the public. And, in I mean, terms and they did, the, yeah. The, they... the propaganda mm-hmm. um, that that was produced, the ways in which Hollywood and and the military, yeah. um, sort of worked together, and it just sort of seemed like this fascinating. Um, this fascinating sort of part of the Venn diagram mm-hmm. of two worlds that people know very well, Hollywood and, yeah. and World War II, yeah. but yet this this intersection seemed perhaps less well-known. And, and so it's, it felt like a really colorful, but also maybe slightly unknown yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, part of, of both of those histories. Interesting. And it's some really great political commentary, too, because you've got... Uh, the studio is being uh, the people who are actually making the movies are mostly immigrants. Yeah, and they were being told that they had curfews and they weren't allowed to do certain things, and yet they're making movies about why you should support the war effort right. because the Nazis are doing that. They're yeah. they're telling people they can't do these things. So it's like it's like that dual you know that duality that like this is our reality, but we have to tell people that this is not the reality. This is what they're doing over there. It's what the bad guys are doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that, um, you know, uh, World War II, one of the reasons I think it's so, like, mythologized mm-hmm. um, in, in American culture is because, um, you know, it was maybe the, the last war where we were really, we were on, like, the good side. Yeah, like, we were <laughs> um, the good guys. We were the, we were good, the guys. good guys. But I think one of the effects of that is that maybe... Um, uh, we gloss over the ways in which we behaved quite reprehensibly Poorly, yes. towards, um, right. you know, towards immigrants and, and, and refugees. I mean, yeah. who were we had con- a variation of concentration camps in 
We had Alabama internment camps. camps. Yeah. George Takei. George Takei. He George had there's a whole documentary yeah, about he, it actually. He was it's in the internment camps. It's so devastating. So um, yeah. So and along that, um, so there's a lot of different races and ethnicities that are being look, overlooked in Hollywood currently. That that's yeah. still happening. Um, and this year, actually, the Oscar race, we had um, three uh, winners that mm-hmm. were uh, East Asian descent. Um, so. They won Best Actors. So I was just, I keep thinking about um, this in terms of like Eddie's story, who's one mm-hmm. of the characters. Uh, he is, he's Asian, he's American born. So do you think Hollywood is working towards more conclusion of, of inclusion? Do you think that's happening? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that? so, so Eddie is, is, um, uh, is a third generation um, Chinese American, mm-hmm. Californian, um, and he's the only main character who are in the novel who's actually born in, mm-hmm. in America. Yeah. Um, but because and, and he, he works as an as as an actor, but because of the um, of the type typecasting and um, and uh, uh, pervasive racism that mm-hmm. um, was was certainly um, uh, felt throughout Hollywood at the time, and in many ways extends to, to the present day. He only um, you know can get these roles um, playing uh, big characters and and, these and the bad guy, the yeah. bad guy exactly. Mm-hmm. And when ho- when um, America enters the war, um, it just he's, gets worse. Yeah, he's suddenly given this this opportunity to um, to sort of have mm-hmm. a have larger roles mm-hmm. um, playing um, playing Japanese villains, and, yeah. and, and he sort of feels this this real sense mm-hmm. of um, of moral um, uh, of of uh, paradox, where yeah. on the one hand um, mm-hmm. he wants something out of this industry that has overlooked and marginalized him, and treated and, him terribly, treated him terribly, and he has this one moment where. Um, he has a bit of leverage, mm-hmm. um, but but the cost of that is to you know uh, is is in some ways to sell his soul. So, yeah, and um, he's not even Japanese. No, and and nobody seems to care. No, no. well, you're Asian, so that's good enough. Yeah. and there's that there's that angst that he's feeling like, yeah, I'm making really good money, but you know what? At, at what cost? Right. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm selling my soul. Literally. To do this. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I and I think that. Um, you know, uh, one of the values. So uh, I'm, I'm going to make a pitch to you for uh, the value of historical fiction. Okay. Oh, so oh, wait. you're going to sell me. Good luck. Right. I'm going to sit back because I wish you luck because I've been doing this. <laughs> I have been friends with this woman since '09. Well, and I've been trying to get her read well, historical fiction. Well, to be fiction. fair, so, my favorite good luck. book is historical fiction. Doesn't and, count. And that is a classic. It doesn't count. It does. <laughs> it doesn't count. How dare you? You heard me. <laughs> so my you. pitch, my pitch for historical fiction is this: is that oftentimes. Um, I think historical fiction that 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 novelists working in that genre, um, they are describing the period in which uh, their books are written as much as the period in which um, their books are set. Mm. That's um, fair. And I think that that by looking at at the past and mm-hmm. trying to experience it in in narrative mm-hmm. form, um, it gives us maybe. Um, uh, a, a way to contextualize and better understand um, what we're going through in the present, yeah. and to see, you know, um, some of the uh, of the the obstacles mm-hmm. and, and divisions and you know political ruptures yeah. that we are experiencing today as as part of a continuum um, in you know American history. I think that's totally valid because but my, you still hate it. No, it's not that. <laughs> no. So my favorite book is *Kill Mockingbird*, which was written in the 1960s but mm-hmm. set in the 40s. Fine. That's exactly what technically Harper Lee was it's doing. historical fiction. It is historical <laughs> fiction. Um, sure. So I mean that's exactly what she was trying to do. She saw what was happening in the 60s in the South, particularly. She was a person that grew up in the 40s in the South. 
And she created these characters that were basically based on small town life in the South and segregation and what would happen. She was making political commentary about today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I love that book is because it's still relevant. Yeah. Um, and I used to be a teacher before I became a librarian. I was a high school teacher and I taught in the middle of West Tampa. I had gangs in my classroom. I had kids that said, I've never finished a book before. And we read To Kill a Mockingbird together. And to watch them get so upset about Tom Robinson's conviction and be like, you know, talking about the justice system and the way that it's still inequitable. And these are like high school kids. Like, that is why I deeply love that book. Mm-hmm. So, to be fair, my usual complaint with historical fiction is that I don't like when it's just a regurgitation of yeah. the same thing. And, and I don't think that's what this is. No. I don't think this that's is. What a this very is. original take on World War II. Absolutely. A and, and, very original take on and World War II. The same thing with Addison mm-hmm. Armstrong, who we interviewed earlier. Her book, The War Librarian, is a totally different look at librarianship, at um, World being War a woman II? in the military. Or World War? World War One. Like, Mixing when you're going to add to the genre, then I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it, okay? Yeah. So this is different, so I can be okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so since we're talking about research and all that, how did that, what was that like for you for this book? Well, I, you know, one of the great things about writing um, a book set in, in, in old Hollywood is you can sit on the couch watching a bunch of movies mm-hmm, from mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. the the era and call it work. Yeah, uh, so it's it was, awesome, right? It was, it was a very a very painful research. I bet I, I bet it was hard. I, it was, it know, took days, still, days, and still, months. Yeah. It was awful. I'm sure yeah. your your family hates you for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was. You know, I I think that. Um, for me, um, one of the one of the, the the most pleasurable parts of being a writer is mm-hmm. that you can kind of um, be become an amateur expert on, yeah. on whatever you're interested. Oh yeah, in. yeah. I'm uh, an expert on bootlegging now. Yeah, and been... particularly in Vermont. Yes. <laughs> so funny side story. Um, when I started doing that research, I reached out to the Vermont Historical Society. And they had like this pamphlet book and it was like 15 bucks. I ordered it by mail. I today still get Vermont Historical Society monthly mail wow. <laughs> on cardstock. They full. really want her to finish the book. They really, <laughs> like, they really, they really just need donations. So yeah. Vermont Life, donate to them. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how we get research and how it just takes us in a direction, you know, because... Yeah, that this time was movies, but next time you may be, you know, stuck neck deep in books for, you know, months. Maybe on, on the Vermont bootlegging. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, Wait, he's, he's like, this is a great that, idea. If he publishes that, we're pulling up the receipts. Yeah, we your are. idea first. Yeah. He's like, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yours. Now, I kept thinking about my favorite movie, which is Singing in the Rain. Mm. The whole time mm. I'm listening... I was listening to the audiobook. I was going to say, what a date with Tad Hamilton, but... <laughs> well, no. That is not my favorite movie. That is my, I've had a really crappy week movie. Gotcha. It's garbage. I don't know why I like it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, Singing in the Rain, it's that iconic Hollywood backdrop, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the start of the talkies. And I just kept thinking about that being the insider knowledge of what gets made into a movie. And that's really my knowledge of old Hollywood Hollywood likes talking about themselves a lot, though. So they do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think it's. Um, I, I find Hollywood just just fascinating because I think oftentimes in in when it's portrayed in novels, it's it's portrayed as 
uh, fundamentally mm-hmm. sort of frivolous, silly place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I, I think by looking at how um, at how representation occurs, mm-hmm. you know, n- n- not not just in terms of casting, but how America is represented yeah. on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, how you know this sort of image, this sort of like larger cultural image mm-hmm. of of you know what um, uh, what Hollywood thinks you know we should value and um, what yeah. it thinks we should mm-hmm. um, believe in. That it tells us so much about um, who you know um, uh, how America sees itself, you know what we aspire to yeah. be, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm. So I, I, I think that that like looking at Hollywood is is a way of kind of looking at the country at large. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And along those lines, I you weave together stories there a lot of it is fiction, but there are real life Hollywood actors that are yeah. in your book, like like Bella. Yeah. Bella. Bella. So Hungarian, I'm Hungarian, so I was like, yes, represent <laughs> but, but uh what what made you decide to include some of the the real Hollywood stars? Yeah, well I, I um I mean I'm a huge Bella Lugosi fan mm-hmm. and, and I, I find him um to be like kind of this this really tragic figure in yeah. in, in many ways it is. where he you know he wants to um he he uh, imagined himself like being this heartthrob. Yeah. Um, and partially because of, of his accent. His accent. Um, you know, he wasn't uh, able to, to, to be cast in any of those roles, but it also it was in part because he was, I mean, he was freaking Dracula. Like, yeah. Like, like. It's hard to come back from that. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> Once you're typecast, you're typecast. Yeah. And so he was like perennially this, this monster and he had the opportunity to play Frankenstein mm-hmm. um, and he turned the role down because. I mean, you know, I get that. Yeah, he didn't want he, he wanted to to not be a monster. Are you sure you just wasn't trying to hold out for the universe in which Frankenstein fought Dracula? Like <laughs> that... the extended horror movie universe. I mean we we've got Alien versus Predator. Why not Dracula versus <laughs> Freddy versus Jason? You know, Dracula versus Frankenstein. It's fine. Well they did. They they teamed up mm-hmm. um in, in uh later movies in the forties. There you yeah. go. Uh, See? But, he was holding out. Yeah, but he, he um <laughs> So he he is 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 a figure that I I think like we know so well. But, yeah. Um, but his actual life is just fascinating. Anyway, so so he and, and Eddie are friends. Yeah. Right. Um, and and they have this this sort of um, like afternoon together where they where they're kind of just discussing. Like, yeah. Life. Like what it's yeah. life and and careers and and what it means to sort of represent villains mm-hmm. um, and what that does like how that sort of corrodes your own yeah. you know your own um, psyche. Yeah. And was he actually buried in his cape? He was, yeah. I couldn't find it. I was like, I want to fact check this. And I was like, and I couldn't find it. But I, I that stuck with me. I was like, he was buried in his mm-hmm. cape. Yeah. He had a good sense of humor. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So you have very distinct voices in this. Like, each character is very distinct and could have carried the story on their own. Why did you choose to go multiple point of views? I think that as a um, as a reader and, and as a writer, I, I love the idea of books of, of novels being these big, um, sort of capacious um, places where many different lives mm-hmm. can can intersect and come together, and we can see how um, you know how uh, just the these these tapestries of um, you know of, of of life get built, and mm-hmm. and I think that. Um, were I to tell this particular story, which is about you know the um, 
this wide cast of, of immigrants coming from all over mm -hmm. to this one place. If I were to just t tell it through one point of view or two or three mm -hmm. points of view, it, I think it would have really, um, you wouldn't have gotten that sense of, yeah. of um, you know, all of these different backgrounds and, yeah. and Makes all sense. of this, you know, trauma and, yeah. and hope yeah. and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's definitely the stories you do not think about yeah. when you think of World War II. When we think about World War II, we think Holocaust, we think people on the front lines, right? You're talking about people who were making media for the front. You're talking about miniaturists. Mm -hmm. Never thought about that. No. I never thought about somebody would literally need to make miniatures no. to, I mean, she ends up going to uh, where they're building the atomic bomb. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is so fascinating. Yeah. So so, so this is, is, is another one of these um, characters who in... Were this to be uh, a novel with a single point of view, she probably would have been relegated very much to the side. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, she's a character named Anna, and she's a, 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 a miniaturist, and she becomes involved in this in this real project mm -hmm. uh, um, called German Village, which mm -hmm. was um, this uh, sort of essentially uh, a, a life size Berlin um, mm -hmm. neighborhood that was built in the Utah mm -hmm. desert in order to um, uh, in order to um, to essentially try to figure out how to um, how to create a, a, a yeah. firestorm in Berlin, yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and it, it's one of these these sort of little sort of historical mm -hmm. nuggets that I had, I'd never seen yeah. fictionalized and, and yeah. felt. Um, and she's not just a flat character. It's just it's not just she's a miniaturist. We get we get more of her. We get yeah. that she's a German immigrant. We get the story of her son um, and her ex husband. There's so much more than just she's mm -hmm. building miniatures. Mm -hmm. And you're right. That can't be accomplished if you don't have those multiple POVs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought that was really, I, the miniaturist really got to me. I thought, yeah. that is such, I never even think about people doing that. And like, I'm obsessed with Star Wars. Of course there are miniaturists. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like duh. Duh. Yeah. How do you think they built the Death Star? <laughs> duh. Um, so who came first? Who was talking to you first in this book? Um, I, I, it was, it was, it was Maria who is the, um, she is the strongest voice. She, yeah, she is. As, she is your strongest voice. She is as much of a, of a main character as the book has. Um, yeah. And she, um, yeah, I, I, uh, she's this sort of tough, irreverent yeah. driver. She's um, just, she's so, and I'm saying this not to be negative, cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she has to be. She has yeah. to be cold. And the coldness of her makes her more real to me mm -hmm. because we don't write cold distant characters mm -hmm. we want our characters to be liked we write our characters to be wanted so that uh, you know they're talked about and you purposely wrote her unlikable yeah. you know what i mean she is she she puts people off she talks hard but, to them but you know what sorry i'm gonna have a side conversation here i don't think you would say that about her if she was a man Facts. Facts. She has to be a woman. Yep. Because if she comes in like a boss. Yep. And she's a man, that's a whole different character. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different character. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're getting, though. That's yeah. That's the point of this, mm -hmm. though. Yeah. It's brilliant. She's earned her her place. She deserves mm -hmm. the, the pay. She deserves the producer credit. She Not to be Jane Doe. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, and I, I feel like she's a character who's constantly having to... Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, come up against um, the sort of the, the structural yeah. sexism mm-hmm. that, that, you know, existed. Um, structural and exists, sexism, I like that. Um, yes. In, 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 in Hollywood and, you know, in America. Life. And, yeah, <laughs> in, in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and she was actually the character that I got to draw on my own um, family from Ooh. the most. So her, her three great aunts, Mimi, Lola, and Pep, uh-huh. are, are based on and named after my own great aunts. Oh, um, yay! Yeah, yeah, and the, the restaurant so cool. where they work is, is my cousin's restaurant. Mm. Um, I love yeah, it. So I, th- I feel like we all have a gaggle of ants like that who are just constantly always <laughs> talking over each other. Well, yeah. mine are Hungarian, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> mine just very similar. Mine were more vo- raised voices, but <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. And I, how did they feel about being in your book? Well, so what was so they. Um, uh, I, I had the, these three great aunts, Mimi, Lala, and Pep. They um, they came from a family. Um, they were three of uh, of ten, nine or ten, including mm. my, my grandfather. And um, of that generation, half of them died in, mm. in childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, essentially, all of them just received the names of older siblings who had who had passed away. Um, oh wow! So, um, oh. so that's kind of how they dealt with with death. Is you just pass the name on to the next one. Well, that's. Um, and One way to do it. So, <laughs> so I when I was when I was writing this book, um, I, I knew that I, I was going to base these ants on, mm-hmm. on, on, on on my own, mm-hmm. and I um, the, the last of them, uh, Mimi, uh, passed away as as I was writing this, and mm-hmm. I realized um, that you know just as they had received their names from you know older sisters mm-hmm. who, who had uh, passed away. Um, uh, these characters would receive their names from from them, and you know somebody will use it. Yeah, somebody's gonna see. Oh, that's a cute name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you sweet. know use it. It and they'll live on somewhere else in the world because and of they'll your live book. on here. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and they live on because I like that. book characters are real characters. Oh yeah, oh. we talk about that a lot. They're, they're real mm-hmm. to us. So, uh, okay, long listed for National Book Award. Yeah, winner of still can't say the word Wolf Book Award. <laughs> John Didn't change in the last twenty minutes. John Lennon. That's what I said. That's what I said. John Lennon. Good for you. I, I thought he was dead. So congrats. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. No, I, no. This is good. so unprofessional. So how does it feel to have people honor your work like that? Yeah. It's terrible. It's, it's awful, right? Gosh, no, it's, why it's, would they? You know, I, um, uh, it's, it's, you, you work on a book, um, largely, you know, mm-hmm. locked in, in your in your room alone, and you're not sure if anybody is mm-hmm. going to read it, let alone if anybody's going to like it. And so, obviously, you know, to um, to have readers who you mm-hmm. know seem to um, you know to react positively. Yeah, yeah it's is, fantastic. Is, I mean, it's it's a dream come true. It's yeah. it's the best. It's mm-hmm. smart. No. It's a smart book. It is. Um, it's so. smarter than me. I, there were times I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I have the educational background for this. <laughs> I love you, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, obviously, that's what you want, right? You want people to receive it well, but you want critics to receive it yeah. well. You want, I mean, look at all, all of these people that mm-hmm. have blurred your book. <laughs> I mean, that's what you want. But at the same time, you know, are you are you allowed to, like, actually say that you want that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I, I, I mean, I think everybody wants. I mean, yeah, we all want published. We all want to be on time. We want someone to sponsor our podcast. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Hashtag Audible, not sponsored. Um, So I listened to the audio book. Did you get to pick your narrators? 
Uh, so uh, my my publisher, um, the audio department, um, mm-hmm. uh, w- presented me with with three or four possibilities. It needed mm-hmm. to be somebody who could, could do, do all the. They did an excellent accent. job. Mm-hmm. There was all the accents, the voices. It was spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so so the narrator is actually. Um, uh, is, is I, I believe uh, a dual citizen, yeah. um, Italian and, and oh, cool. American, and, and she she um, was brilliant. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's she brilliant. Has, she can do all of the mm. you know all the. Pronunciation. She was really good. It was really good. What was great is because there are a lot of characters in this book. I mean, yeah. there are a lot. I I need an audiobook narrator who can give me a voice for each one of them so I don't forget who it is that I'm mm-hmm. listening, that I'm talk that you're talking about. That's what I need. Yeah. She gave me that. Yeah. I could get that from her. Yeah. Um, it was very distinct. Okay, it's this character, it's this character. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So who's your idol? Who do you chase? Because we all have one author that's like our keystone for the the reason we started. Yeah. So I mean, besides Michael Crichton. I was just saying, Michael Crichton. No, I, I, I think it, uh, it changes. He's gone. He's passed. He's not <laughs> writing anymore, so you can't chase him. <laughs> I think I think at, at different points, maybe you have different different yeah. writers occupying that that position. You know, mm-hmm. um, somebody who I've I've uh, greatly admired is uh, uh, over the years. Um, you know, maybe the first um, one of the first writers of. Um, of sort of like literary fiction that I really fell in mm-hmm. love with was um, Edward P. Jones, who's yeah. a, a, a DC area writer, mm-hmm. um, and is is one um, I greatly admire. But it, it, it kind of you know on on the one hand I love um, I also love like Lee Child, um, you know. So so I I think it's yeah. like you know it different just, it different times. It varies intense, yeah, yeah. And, no, because it can inspire our mood and tempo and yeah. how we write, and so yeah. it's always interesting to see, you know. Yeah. I. Yeah. From time to time. What are you reading right now? Yeah. What am I reading right now? So Mm -hmm. I am reading... what am I reading? Oh, um, so I, I same. Uh, I don't know what I'm reading right now, honestly. I I, I just finished um, uh, a book called uh, Happiness Falls by Angie Kim. Is it falls as in falling, or falls as in like the waterfalls? Like waterfalls. Got it. It's coming out in September. She wrote. She wrote uh, Miracle Creek. Okay. Oh yeah, um, and it's absolutely. Is it good? It's so good. I'm yes. a very slow reader, mm. and I read this book in like 24 hours. Dang! Um, it's this, it's this um, uh, about this this family in the midst of of uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, the father goes missing, oh. and the only witness to to this is is um, the son, um, who has um, a develop de- developmental. Um, uh, disability in which he um, he he has trouble talking. Oh, wow. Sold. Um, yep. And, Sold. <laughs> and so it's a it's a book about like language and how um, you know how we we communicate. Mm-hmm. It's it's of of all like the sort of pandemic set books. I feel like it uses um, aspects of 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 the pandemic. Um, to like create this riveting plot, so like contract tracing be- mm-hmm. becomes how like one person finds. Oh, you, that's you know, cool! Like like the the, the masks um, becomes uh, uh, a way for identities to be um, concealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it, it just uses like like these yeah. things that that are became part of our daily life mm-hmm. during right. during the pandemic. Become for, part of a mystery. Yeah, kind of portion. Exactly. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's that's brilliant. Cool. Yeah, that so sounds would, brilliant. Well, we'll have to look out for it. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that one. Do you have a favorite book? I don't really have a favorite book. I don't think I. Um, I uh, you know, 
Usually when people ask me what my favorite book is, I'm like, I don't think you're ready for this conversation. I mean, I do have a favorite book, but... We know what your favorite book is. It is. For sure, no, what my yeah. favorite book is. But I read so much that I can never have a top 10. It's like a top whatever I'm reading right now. So yeah. <laughs> it depends on my mood, honestly. Um, but I've been yeah. reading a lot of romance novels lately. You so. know, I, I, did you read... I, I read um, a couple of years ago, there's a book... Um, I can't remember the name, but but it, but but it, it's about Harper Harper um, Lee's um, like last book, um, which which was never published, but she spent like like forty years. Are you talking about a book about that book or that book? It's a book about her trying I have to write. That not, book. but I read Go Set a Watchman. Okay, is... yeah, no, no. So, so this is a, about like a murder trial that that, that she became oh. obsessed with. It was this guy yeah. in. Um, in uh is it alabama is that where she's mm -hmm. from yeah um who uh, essentially kept on like marrying people and they kept dying and he kept collecting the, the life insurance on them yeah and, why do people keep marrying him? it was i mean it was like again and again and again and again and finally white man luck in in, in, in the <laughs> final um in you know in whatever it was like the, mm -hmm. the eighth time he was tried for this um the brother of, of the victim in the in the courtroom just shot him <laughs> Um, no, yeah, that's and, amazing. And that's one way to handle it. Justice gang. was served. <laughs> yeah, but but she was like working on this book for like you know forty years or mm -hmm. something. Um, and uh, anyway, you might get a kick out of it. You know, she never needed to publish again. She won a Pulitzer with her first book. She was kind of a, a, you know recluse a little bit. She didn't she didn't need to publish another book. She was like, mic drop. I'm out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, we probably would, in the publishing world today, I don't think she would have ever gotten away with that. No. no. They'd have been like, you have a deadline. Get yeah. it done. Because <laughs> they would have made her sign a four-book deal. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. So do you have anything else you want to share with us? Well, uh, you have already done your panel. I've done yeah. my panel. Are you, is there, is this your first time here? It's my first time here. I, it's I our first not time my, here. My, I hope not my last. It's, it's yeah, lovely, us too. That's what we feel. Lovely events. We're yeah. gonna when we wrap up with you, we're gonna go over to the bookshop. Yeah, they have, they have quite a few. I, I don't we know heard. If my husband knows we're doing, but that is what we're gonna do. <laughs> we appreciate your time today. Yeah, yeah thank you so oh, much. Oh, thank you. This was yeah. such a treat. Yeah. yeah, love this. If yeah. you ever want to come back on again, yeah, you're soon. welcome. We have our email. We'll do. Thank you. Okay, everybody, that That's is it, it for today. We are all done with live streaming. And we hope you enjoyed. Thank you again, Anthony, for meeting with yes. us. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today was a special episode, including live interviews from the Annapolis Book Festival. A special thank you to authors Nikki Payne, Susan Call, Addison Armstrong, Cece Harrington, Anthony Mara, and all of our friends at the Annapolis Book Festival. We hope to join you again next year. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.